Welcome to House Common Blood, where strangers are family. Every episode contains graphic content, including, but not limited to, copious amounts of blood, unnecessary cursing, death of all ages, be they infants or mortals, fantasy drug use, nudity, mentions of sex, and sounds effects of various qualities. Cannot stress enough that this is mature content with adult themes. You have been warned. Anyone got a light? Welcome to House Common Blood. I'm Gray, your DM and host. We're a D&D 5e podcast currently playing the adventure Hangman Worms of Frostheart. Our party were former prisoners, once covert operatives for Giuliano's government, as they faced sentient calamities led by the Rebirth Bastion, a Genasi army threatening world destruction. Recently, our misfit group confronted an emotional vampire in Shaeum. A town made of a thinking slime mimic, a sentient calamity. After a fierce battle and defeating the vampire, they face consequences, like a curse from a hag. Now, free from imprisonment, the party journey journeys on, even delivering cookies to another hag. However, a party member is cursed to kill living seal, leading them to a dungeon with a Trask burial, uh, burial site. Breaking the curse involved an unusual pact, transplanting an elder brain into Trask's skeleton. The necromancer, Phoenix, of Fire Genasi was defeated, and the Trask remains within its ward. Venturing south to ruins with a dormant teleportation circle, the party discovers a world map with four sets of two glowing symbols. Their next target is in Lachis, within the tight, uh, Titan Sea. It's rather simple, don't you think? I'm joined here today by our players, Mega. Hello, I am Mega, and I play Eddie, the Otterboy Triton Bastard class. I also play Eddie, and any other character of a similar naming scheme. As well as Nita. Mm-hmm. Greetings and salutations. I am Nita, I play Aaliyah Oblak, the Human Cleric Sorcerer. Rakuzin. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. I play Mavet Sohafidash, the glue that holds the party together with his sappy astral monk hands and sappy druidic feelings. And finally, uh, Seer. Mirhava. I am Moomin. I play the artificer alchemist named Seer, who is a fire genasi that is always on fire. Which is a kind of a problem if you're in a city, walking around with people that are not on fire. Where well, we left off our last session, uh, the party used uh, a teleportation circle to bring them closer to their next target. And they got teleported into a very familiar island to one of the party members. That specific individual, Mega, uh, this is Eddie's island, is it not? Uh, Tandeka Island. Can you... Tell me a little bit about this island for uh, the audience and the party that uh, most people would uh, consider common knowledge. 
So, well, this particular island, it's like, uh, is known for uh, a couple of different things. It's, uh, it's, uh, it is considered to be like a a center for uh, center for commerce. It's, uh, but it is also very much uh, uh, the kind of island where like uh, people might go to resort and vacation at. It's, uh, it is like a quite uh, it is quite the the hotbed on the Titan Sea. So uh, mm. though you don't want to stray like uh, too far from the uh, inhabited area because uh, there's a few uh, giant friends out uh, in the wild that <laughs> you'd probably not come back from if you encountered. Unless, of course, you're one of the uh, the native uh, elfman populations, in which case they're pretty much fine. <laughs> to quickly catch everyone up to speed. Uh, the party used a teleportation circle within these ruins and uh, replaced individuals on this island. Uh, if I can just uh, go down the uh, list here rather uh, quick. Mu, uh, Seer replaced a uh, individual named Eric. Nida, uh, who's playing Aluya, replaced an elf by the name of Lithril Whisperwind. Mega, who's playing Eddie, replaced his own mother, Marianne, and finally Rakuzin, who's playing Mavette, replaced a woman named Penelope. As everyone dealt with their obscure situations and uh, <laughs> complex uh, obstacles, everyone decided to meet up at the Hayes Estate, where Eddie was giving the <laughs> the uh, a rundown to his old man of what's happening and the amount of stress that it caused his father. Uh, made him pass out onto the floor. You know, it's not... <laughs> it's not often where I I'm questioning where I should really start this. <laughs> so... I think it'd be hilarious if we cut back to the party waiting in the in the sitting room. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's good. I like that. And at any time, Eddie, you can think... Uh, uh, you can burst in here when you think the time's aligned. But yeah, that's good. I'm gonna say uh, Nita, uh, Ma yeah, Aluya Mavet Seer. As you guys are sitting within uh, the waiting room, uh, what what pops up? Like, what what do you say to one another? I mean, if it helps paint the picture for the scene, if I came into the room and then we all take a sat, um, we all sat down. I think Aluya and Mavet would see Seer does not look exactly calm. I would say this too, it's because they looked rather tired. So when they are like in the room, so there's no one to gonna walk in, correct? Is this like a private room? Yeah, I would say that you were uh, brought in and now you and everyone else is left alone. Okay, before I change, are the couch made of materials that won't burn? I don't want to ruin Eddie's couches, okay? You know what? I'm gonna say it's a crapshoot. Uh... Eddie, what kind of furnishing would be in this room? Because in my mind, I'm imagining a lot of velvet, but I could be wrong. Like, uh, what, what would be the uh, fashion sense for a waiting room? Um, <clears throat> honestly, I think because it is the yeah, this sitting room would like largely be made of like a, like a nice velvet. It's like uh, with like you know like a nice wooden furnishings. You can you can guess which uh. <laughs> Like a witch wood got imported for those furnishings. Ah, uh, that would make that makes sense. 
the reason I'm mentioning it though is because that means I wouldn't retransform. They probably would see that I look like a blonde, um, not a blonde, a more brunette, a Louia, but that I look way more exhausted as I'm walking in, kind of just like panting or breathing more. And then I would take a seat in one of the chairs. There you go. I'm just, I'm just saying it's like, I don't think I'd be like lounging. I probably would be like in a high state of like, this is such a bad time for me to be in this city, you know? <laughs> okay. I would say that probably uh, like uh, there's like, like one seat like in that room that looks like the, uh, the padding has like a, been, been very depressed definitely sitting there it's the comfiest spot all right yeah what about uh mavet and aluya as you guys uh walk in as well like uh aluya i know you try to dress up as an old hag hey just to know just an old lady um okay. at once every we get settled and it's kind of looking back and forth between them hmm. so we got separated right um did anything weird happen to any of you because it was really weird for me someone gave me a new name that was it someone gave you a new name and that was weird well the name is worth gold i am not sure how much but now i can pay with that name called P pennylope huh i was thinking more like you know people think you're about to jump to your death in protest of uh, Eddie's family, they think you're a dude, and you're on the ledge, you're falling, uh, guards come and get you, you accidentally knock them the fuck out, um, <laughs> you'll have eyes on you, you have to hide and run through the crowd so you don't shock everyone, stuff like that. Um, no, I didn't have an experience like that, I actually was in a chair interrogating someone it was quite nice but i can say with confidence that it is very i think i stumbled upon someone rather important that might lead us to our next quarry oh and who would that be name's eric i i know the location i know where oh sorry if they are important enough but i was interviewing someone that might know where quagmire is if you remember that name Oh god, you don't remember the name, do you? I, I don't. I'm so sorry. You are the brains here. I just help when I can, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know what my role is. Mavet is the wood. He interjects. If I remember correctly, when you hear about Quagmire, the name's, like, I don't know it exactly. But a Quagmire in our people's name is something related with water. We are looking for someone connected with water, so this might be another person that is connected to one of the generals. Well, didn't Eddie say he met, um, like a water genasi? I don't- I think so, but we- we can definitely check with them, but that- that's a big lead. And I say mm -hmm. this too, is because now I have to- ha now I have to play a role as someone that is a great authority, because I didn't realize how fun it was to- be menacing, jeez. No wonder why my people are so mean. Mm. Um, but you, you're okay? You, you, wait, you you fell off a building? Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, and people thought I was some guy. He was, like, ready to, like, Sudoku himself. Um, Do you know well, why he was trying to Sudoku <laughs> himself, or... It actually... 
it has to do with Eddie's family. He was like protesting them. I mean, the person I was interviewing and interrogating was also connected somehow to Eddie's family. What is Eddie's family into? Maybe they're lumberjacks. Those people are scary. <laughs> you don't know who Penelope does, though, Mavet. Uh, so, oh, Penelope, that's right. The man said I was pronouncing it weird. Um, I know the name can buy me things, like coffee and um, other people coffee and food. And um, this man really wanted to be with me because my name was Penelope, because I have lots of money. Um, and then we went to the beach and we, um, we got on our knees and we'll make, we're making each other the happiest people ever. I'm so confused. He saw you, you, Mavet, and was like, oh, Penelope, I want to be with you. Like, he saw you. I don't think they did because I know that I look different when I was interrogating them, because if I looked as I would, I would have been murdered. Mavet can find love with his bark, but no, at the time. Although my skin was the same color, it was squishy. It was no longer bark, it was skin. Strange question, then. Did you look humanoid, or did you look like an otter? I, I looked more human than like Eddie. Now oh, that throws out my theory then, because I know there you might be connected to Eddie in some way, but with my person, it might not be working with them directly. So we'll have to figure that out. We could go back and find my friend if we're making each other happy. I am sure he would be glad to meet you all. Well, I would honestly... I don't think I can leave this building until I can resolve my situation. I can't run out in disguise as much anymore. I will bring him to you. Um, let's let's do something else. We need to talk to Eddie. The door um, opens and like uh, there's like a poof of Eddie as he's just kind of like looking around and uh, like wandering over to a drawer and opening it. Um, Eddie, <laughs> I, I was going to say it's like, we haven't seen you, and yet you look more panicked. Are you okay? Uh, just, uh, don't mind me. I'm just looking for the good cigars. Ah, uh, uh, here it is. As he then, like, looks over to the door, and he poofs away again. <laughs> I mean, at least we'll know he's not far. Do you want to follow them, Aluya? I might need a moment on this couch. Sure. Should I keep the granny disguise? The issue is that I don't look too different from when I was. The issue is that, uh you know, the whole making contact with people. So what should I do? I put the staff towards Aluya and being like, you'll need to use this because I know that you can disguise, but the problem is, is that you might kill someone. So you might need to turn yourself human again for a short bit. It'll, it'll work. It worked for me, but the problem is, well, I'll explain later. Just follow Eddie. This will make it so you don't shock someone to death. Okay, uh, how do I use it? I shake it, I say wibbly boobly, what? <laughs> the command word I put into it for us to use is elemental. She raises it high. Elemental! And what happens? 
I would just revert back to, I guess, my original form. Okay. And you do so. Do you mind uh, telling the audience what your original form looks like in contrast to what you look like right now? Uh, so my 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 skin doesn't look uh, translucent anymore. Uh, it's just back to its normal hand complexion. Um, my hair does not have the uh, the crackling streaks of lightning. Uh, it's just back to its plain, uh, set long salmon color with white tips. Uh, once I notice that I'm changed, looks at hands, uh, I will shoot off and try to catch up with Eddie. Mm. And you do so with these? Um, well, unless there's something uh, ridiculous. Uh, as you begin to uh, follow suit, uh, Mega, what does this look like? Like, uh, is she able to keep pace with you, see you as you're uh, poofing in and out? Well, it's just like, uh, I feel like he would, she would probably partially lose him. Like, uh, like once he, like, uh, return, like, gets back to the stairs because he just, like, goes all the way to the top because he can, doesn't actually have to go up the stairs physically. Uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, but I imagine that she could just, like, follow the, the remnants of, like, the puff of smoke. Like, basically smell her Eddie is gone. Wait, you've got so many fucking standards in your house. Let me catch up to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there. Just slow it down. Well, in fairness to Eddie, he didn't know that you were going were gonna to follow him. <laughs> All right. Like, a after enough poofing and following here, I kind of want to imagine, Aluya, you do eventually uh, come across... It, it depends. Uh, is he still on the floor? Like, uh, what, what was your priorities here, Mega? Was it immediately to grab him something, to mo uh, move him? Like, uh, what, what was uh, Eddie's train of thought? Just like, uh, like as he went down, just like, ah, not again. Time to get the good cigars. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, uh, so, Aluya, as you're following Mega, you do see an obese otter on the floor, suit, uh, with a black suit, purple tie with the floral designs on it, and you see his legs twitching as he's face down on the floor. Uh, uh hello? Do you need assistance? <laughs> I mean, Eddie would have gotten there before you, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, but, um, you know, like, uh, Eddie has taken out, uh, one of the, one of the good cigars from the cigar box, has lit it, and he's kind of, like, just, like, uh, raising the otter's head up a bit and, like, holding the, uh, the butt end of the cigar up near his nose. It's like, come on, pups, give it a whiff. And it... Aluya, as you uh, eventually come by and see Eddie uh, doing this, you'll—it looks—it looks like at uh, first inspection that the beast otter is dead. He—he he just looks very gaunt. He just looks dead. And when Eddie's doing this, you just see from that stillness, <laughs> just his nose twitching. Give it to me, my boy. And he opens up his mouth <laughs> slightly. Olu's <laughs> face is like, what? Yeah, puts it in the proper end. It's like, there you go. Be a deer and light it for me. Oh, yeah, no, he, yeah, he, yep, lit. lit. Yeah. <laughs> it's lit. Yeah, just... <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, is this man okay? 
He's still on the floor coughing while smoking. Yeah, don't worry. Just give him a minute. Okay. <laughs> and you just see, like, uh, a shadowy reflection of the man on the floor uh, sitting on the uh, uh, nearby couch. And he uh, switches places with that reflection. And you just see him lounge back, laid back, and he is taking very long drags of the cigar. Who are you? As, like, smoke leaks from his mouth. Uh, hello, sir. Uh, I am Aluya. I am a companion to your son. Is that what I'm getting from this interaction? Blinks. Yeah, this is Pops. Uh, pleased to meet you. Uh, yeah, and you have that alter self on you. You look like a normal human. Mm -hmm. Looks towards Eddie, then towards Aluya, then towards Eddie one, one more time. Before you ask, Pops, no, not like that. Gives a slow nod and looks towards uh, Luya <laughs> and goes, Have you been keeping my boy safe? Mm. Well, it's more like he keeps us safe. Ha! He laughs. And yeah, he uh, gives you a little motion over, like rolling his uh, uh, fat wrist. That's a good joke. <laughs> I need a good joke once in a while. <laughs> but that was not a joke seriously he like takes care of us for sure Eddie? <laughs> yes if anything I think I'm the fuck up of the group but you know oh no no dear no 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 come over here come over here uh, <laughs> I just want uh, I think I have something coming on so I don't want to give it to you I will respectfully decline um remember oh go ahead never mind just to make sure I don't hurt him well, that's what made the alter self great. You can change yourself back human. There's no way you could hurt someone now. Okay. You're not a genasi. Okay, social motion over. Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah, as you uh, come over, like, uh, his eyes, which are already squinting, squint more. And he uh, basically, like, uh, uh, holds out, like, a hand to shake yours. She'll hesitate just slightly, but then she'll shake it. Yeah, and uh, as the fur hand uh, meets your hand, you see his uh, fur standing up like there's a bit of static electricity. He grabs your hand. No shock, no lightning, just a little bit of uh, standing hairs. And he like clasps his other paw around your uh, uh, hand and shakes it vigorously. <laughs> it's good to meet one of Eddie's friends. He needs more friends, more connections out there. <laughs> that's what I always say. But him protecting you? <laughs> oh, that's that's a sweet dream right there. <laughs> uh, maybe Eddie, but not Eddie. No. firmly I... shakes your hand. You must understand your son is quite a valuable asset to the group. He really does protect us. And he stares long and hard at Eddie. And what's your posture like, Eddie? Just like uh, he is standing straight up. <laughs> Narrows his eyes even more. As he uh, uh, observes Eddie and like just does a little bit of an insight check on his boy. Uh, Eddie, I actually... Yeah, I'm going to offer you a roll here, Eddie. Not offer, I'm going to make you make a roll. I'll tell you in one second. There we go. I'm going, I'm going to allow you to make an insight check back as uh, your father stares at you. With a natural 20 and uh, the guidance uh, as a 3... You got 24. Uh, you see the smile of a proud father. And as he uh, stare, uh, stares at you, he uh, just gives an, an, this one a 
bit more of a subtle nod. Not towards you, not towards Luya, but towards himself. And I think he might take, uh, he might retract his uh, paws away from Aluya and take a rather large drag from his cigar. And as he lets the smoke out and the room becomes a little bit more hazy, he uh, says, Oh, times change, it looks. Uh, he's not my sweet little boy anymore. <laughs> not my sweet, harmless boy anymore. <laughs> An asset, you say. And my boy? <laughs> That's my boy. That's my boy. <laughs> and you just see him just giggling at the thoughts of... Uh, at the thought of his uh, boy growing up. You should definitely be proud. What has he done? Uh, well, he protected me from almost being killed several times. Uh, like a master tactician. My boy, a tactician, a mastermind. <laughs> That's my boy. And you see him just pounding at the armrest. Ah, uh, Pops, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> Oh, I couldn't be more proud. <laughs> you should be, honestly. He's great. But a group, you say? Is it just the two of you? No, there are two more of us. Oh, bring them in. I, I want to see the people my boy has been protecting, who who's, he's been putting his neck out for, uh, so to speak. Sure, they are in the, some sort of waiting room. And looks towards uh, Eddie. Bring in your friends. I, I need a couple moments to sit here. Uh, all right, back in a sec. And he poofs away again. <laughs> oh, hang on, boy. No poofing in this house. You walk. Oh, thank God. Here, here from that, from the hallway. Fine. And how long would that uh, take you? So, uh, I would say, like, not as long historically as Eddie has taken to walk places but still probably a bit longer than uh, than Aluya would have taken had she gone. <laughs> maybe perhaps just a little, maybe just from a, a partially from a little bit of, uh, of annoyance by the fact that he has to walk. <laughs> yep. Hazard guess about maybe five, may, uh, maybe closer to eight minutes might take for a round trip. But as you leave, uh, there'll be solder. James, he uh, looks towards uh, uh, Luya and just uh, quickly uh, says to her, Close the door. Quick. Okay. She does so. Mm -hmm. And as you uh, close the door, you just see uh, just in an instant a lot closer to you teleported, standing oh. up, and he just looks up at you. Second? You hear his pants slowly unzip. <laughs> I was just going to say he just pulls out a piece of bread and goes like, now sit on it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> right. Show me those two. He looks you up and down, and he just he just says to you in a quick fashion, "Be honest with me, girl. What's been up with my boy?" I told you. I mean, we've had a lot on our plate, but he really has grown, and he is what I said he was. He protects us. How long have you been traveling with him? Um, out of character, real quick. How long have I been traveling with him? I think I gave a, uh, a uh, I think last time we uh, talked about this, I think uh, the rough estimate I gave was about two months. Uh, not very long, but two months. And you see him, like, uh, looking down, his uh, cigar more of a nub, 
And he just says, oh, damn it. <laughs> Looks back up at you. It's not what I'm talking about, my girl. Mm. You've, you've been with him. Have you noticed? Uh, yes, he's grown, but has he acted odd or done any weird things lately? I don't think I call it odd because, I mean, we have seen some things, but I think Eddie has, you know, opened up into finding out about who he is and accepting things and moving on and growing from that. And you see his eyes, like, open up a little bit. Keep in mind, his eyes are always squinting. And they just open up a little bit. You can actually see a little bit of the color in his eyes. Um, and I think he might say something along the lines... Uh, he might parrot you, actually, and just say, Remember who he is. Mm. Mm. You see him literally chewing the fat in his cheeks. Um, and then gives you a bit of a nod. And you just see him teleport back to his uh, seat. And uh, at this moment, uh, Mega, you would have uh, made it to the party. What do you say as you enter the waiting room? As the door opens physically, <laughs> it's like, like pokes his head in. Hey, dudes. Hello. No, 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 that's <laughs> Mavet and We're Wrong one. Seer. Waiting Yo. room. Oh, 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 wrong room. I love that. Sir, you, were, you made some. You're really fast. <laughs> I was like sitting there going, like, wow. Power RP, holy shit. Okay, she dimensioned Dord specifically so she could be. <laughs> That'd actually be a funny bit. But basically, oh. go ahead, Eddie, go for it. I feel like again, like sticks his head in. Hey, dudes. Oh, Eddie, are you doing okay? He seemed to be in a rush before. Sears taking like deep breaths. Oh uh, yeah, don't worry, he's awake now. I don't know who it is, but glad to hear that. So uh, anyway, uh, Pops wants to meet you. Well, might as well not keep him waiting. Ready, Mavet? We get to meet Daddy Eddie. Please, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it depends on your perspective. For some people, Eddie's already Daddy, but I assume his father. Yes. Oh, Eddie, you have kids? Why are they not here? Uh, I don't think I have a kid. I think I'd know. Okay, Seer, he's not daddy. I stand corrected then. Let's make haste. Although, although you guys go a little bit. Only, although only mom gets to call uh, Pop's daddy. Oh. <laughs> okay, I won't call your daddy daddy. What is his name? I mean, I just call him Pop's. I shall also. I'll ask him when I get there. For now... Seer slowly gets up. Let's go then. Lead the way, Eddie. As you guys begin to uh, trail back, I'm going to quickly go over with Aluya and explain like uh, the last couple moments with uh, her and James. It it appears like uh, he he's digging into whatever information he can get about Eddie. And I want to ask you, Aluya, like, uh, are you just very honest, very forthcoming from what you've uh, seen from Eddie, what you've noticed, or keep things about yourself, or do you just embellish the truth? Like, what? How do you relay information to James? I think in what she says to him, it, it is truths without giving details. You know, like he is—he had this whole struggle with uh, Smoke Eddie, and you know they had to work on some things and stuff, and. You know, they're they're trying to move on from that, and that's really much it. And, you know, how he's been so helpful 
towards everyone. It's like it, it she is telling the truth. She does think highly of Eddie, but she wouldn't want to give details just in case because it is his personal business. Mm. Yeah, and probably around the end of uh, one of the questions, uh, Eddie, uh, you walk back and the door appears to be closed. It's a, a bit confused, like uh, just uh, has uh, like uh, Eddie knocks on the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come in, my boy, come in. As you open the door, a bunch of smoke pours out. Keep, yeah, actually, Luya, that's also important. Like <laughs> yeah, throughout the entire process, you were being hotboxed <laughs> with the cigar or with the some high drugs, high potency drugs. No, no, no cigar. He's uh, plainly doing uh, the cigar. Unless there's uh, something within the cigar that I am personally not aware of, it it is strictly from the cigar itself. That uh, burnt out, but still, yeah, like, it, yeah, it's there's just an unnatural amount of smoke. Yeah, it's an unnatural amount of smoke. And she'll just kind of do a little bit of thaumaturgy to kind of keep it a few centimeters away from her face. Like, <laughs> yep, smells like home, all right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could see where you get it from. Yeah, I was going to say, I need to hear, like, how both the other two party members enter. As I said, I see where they get it from. So, and all that is a tree. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just trying to picture this. Uh, like both you guys uh, just uh, walk in, uh, wave. Like, what, what's your introduction here? So Mavet walks through the door and sees a huskier Eddie as he rushes up to the fat Eddie. Oh, thank you, thank you, pops. I appreciate you laying your seed and growing this young man. He is so ah! helpful. <laughs> you just see him scream and reel back. <laughs> and Eddie, it's confusing to you whether he's scared at the fact that a tree rushed him or if it's the fact that someone's claiming to be his son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't do that. My old ticker is not what it used to be. And you feel like see his paw over his chest. Oh, that's not good to hear, then. Would you like me to examine you? I am a doctor. And you look like a genasi at this moment, correct? No, I look like a brunette version of Aluya, Like a sister. I'm looking exhausted, though. That's kind of the thing I'm saying. Did you recast this? Has it been an hour? Hmm, that's a good question. I'll let it ride. I'll let it ride. But you're getting you're getting there. Where I'm going to say that you have about 10 minutes, uh, minutes left on it. Just to add a little bit of tension here. Fair enough. I'll say that Seer's smart enough to know about this. And it, the problem is, it's like, she's now in a spot where it's like, if she's here for way too long, it might be awkward. Yeah. But Seer is someone that is very much dedicated to their work. So they will be like, would you like an examination? I can definitely check your <sighs> conditions and to give you recommendations. And I already assume that smoke, not um, stop smoking is off the table. Yes, oh, there's a lot at once. Hold, hold on, hold on. I, my boy, I need a cigar. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> Just like, uh, like uh, Eddie appears and kind of like, uh, like a takes another like a cigar from the uh, a cigar box and like floats it over to him. <laughs> oh God, you're a sweet boy. And he opens it up. Puts it in, and uh, I need to specify that, like, uh, the cigar looks like it's gilded with, like, gold leaves. 
or at least like the wrapping seems very high quality you do see a gold tint <laughs> if you had to hazard a guess he is literally smoking a bit of gold here as he lights it up and begins to huff and puff a doctor you say you you look oh so close to this uh Aluya woman are, are you sisters <laughs> and looks towards Aluya for confirmation I I mean yeah I guess so I mean we're really close now uh he will respond just saying you you guess uh, she's your sister and uh <laughs> your response to that <laughs> we're sisters in battle I'm currently in a predicament where I look like this I will explain after I talk to Eddie but I can I can look at you at the moment right now if you need to be <sighs> I'm not sure what uh, what much you can do. I've had the best doctors on this uh, uh, the country uh, come over and take a look at this old ticker, and they all say the same thing: quit smoking. They say, uh, get some exercises. They say, uh, quacks one and all. <laughs> I mean, the difference is that I might have the solution to your problems. However, thing is, I don't want to. Uh, cause problems for you and your wife. So I I have to first figure things out and take a look upon you. Mm. I'm oh, fine. Yes, if you're offering, I, uh, you know, come come over here. Come, come here, come here. And he offers a hand for a handshake. Seer will give that handshake. Not like, you know how Lily was fearful? You see Seer just being like, grabs it immediately. Seems like she's very used to being like, playing the double life kind of style. She knows the capabilities of her spells. So, All right. nice handshake. Yeah, yeah, handshake. And I think he might look towards Mavette and look towards Eddie and say, you know, son, I, I've always called you a tree hugger, but this is going a little far, don't you think? And his eyes keep lingering at Mavette. Uh, no, uh, uh, again, not, not like that. Although, I oh. guess I did technically bring them back to life. Uh, yes. Um, uh, how? How? Looking at the... It, actually, Mavet, do you always have a smoky quality, too? Yeah. So, Mavet's smoky quality is that he has a gaping crevice where his abdomen would be. It is... You could see right through him, although it is obscured by a dense smoke reminiscent of Eddie's vape pen and you also see tendrils poking themselves out all throughout his body his shoulders his elbows very little in his fingertips it's mainly his upper body and not his lower body yes um he does look you up and down Mavet then looks towards uh, Eddie and just goes uh, you brought him back to life you say but how in the devil did you do that well, he planted his seed. My seed. Do I need to check you for splinters, boy? N no, Pops. Not, not like that. <laughs> Sounds just like that. I... They can explain a little bit more, but it was more of a holistic way. Not exactly... Not exactly in the way that one's imagination can travel. It's more... They were a plant, so... Ooh, look here. I, I can show. Let me try this. As Mavet focuses and remembers the spores he got from um, Angry Mavet, um, 
with his iridescent spores, he tries to brighten all his spores so Daddy or Pops Eddie can see. Freudian slipped there much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his uh, eyes uh, dance around the room, looking at the spores. Oh, you can do a light show too, can you? <laughs> oh, good show, good show. <laughs> And still looking at Eddie, seeing if he's going to go on. So, well, you see, I sort of um, asked for help from uh, you-know-who. Mm-hmm. And they agreed because they thought they might be useful. Slow nod. Suspicious nod. Mm. I think he might even lick his lips a little bit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Looks towards my vet. Mm. I see. <laughs> that changes things, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, that changes things. <laughs> uh, looks towards the doctor. Give it to me straight, doc. Am I going to die today? And I'll offer you the roll. <laughs> right, I'm just sitting there going, like, this is going to be so bad. <laughs> because I had a perfect response for that. But I'll roll a medicine check. But sadly, it's going to be a disadvantage. Mm. Um, Actually... Before you do that, uh, do not roll at that disadvantage. Give, give yourself a minus one. Okay. Yep. I'll, I'll, I'll fix it up then. Let me do that. Yep, that's perfectly fine. Oh, and then that'll be a 12. I'll do a flash of genius. Why not? Okay. That'll make it a 18. Okay. And guidance, do you, apparently. Do you guidance this? Okay. Yeah. And this is perfectly acceptable. I mean, obviously. you're. It's not like you're trying to convince them of anything, trying to be deceptive. You're casting magic, guiding her hand. Holy shit. Uh, what's the 22. total? Holy fuck. All right. Uh, I'll give it to you straight. So from what you uh, recall, it seems like a lot of uh, apothecaries and uh, uh, clerics who have looked at uh, James have just associated his uh, heart issues with uh, obesity and uh, his rather big smoking issue. But with your keen eye and uh, your recognition with uh, the Hayes family and how the smoke works, you know that it's not all too harmful to them. It doesn't affect them too much. They're not likely to get cancer. They're not likely to get uh, respiratory diseases from it. What you do know is uh, what he's suffering with is called a uh, dragon's breath pneumonia. And you actually see as he's speaking, there's a, a couple embers that come out once in a while. And you know if this gets worse, that... Uh, well, you identified the issue. Um, I'm actually going to need a little bit more here. Can you uh, give me a history check as well? I'll offer you the roll. Make sure it is at a minus one. Okay. I'll know how much to tell you. Yep. I let you identify it. Now we're going to see how much you know about the uh, actual issue itself. I'll throw some flavor into it if it's really nice because I'll... It's, it's going to be fun. Mm. The minus one works. So I'm going to see. Here we go. Yep. We'll do another flash of genius. we got to take care of them. It did work this time, though. So it is yep. another guidance. Correct. Uh, how's Aluya uh, assisting here? Just uh, when she's noticing that Seer is kind of thinking a little hard, uh, she'll kind of gently press against her back to, you know, give her a little bit more clarity. Hmm. That would be a 19. Oh my god. Alright. So here's what you know about uh, Dragon's Breath Pneumonia. Firstly, it is uh, more of a 
sailor's uh, dis- I hesitate to say disease, but uh, a sailor's affliction. It typically happens uh, during a voyage. And it happens when you ingest a... Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, the proper term here because I don't want to say parasitic. But uh, uh, essentially, like... There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. Expired. Uh, it's what happens when you ingest an inspi- expired fruit from a island made from a dragon egg. Uh, flashback to uh, the very first sessions that you guys had being on a island made by a dragon. Uh, it so happens that when you uh, eat some expired fruit there or, uh, say, do something uh, strange like... Uh, inhale uh burnt remnants of uh, the fruit that it will cause this affliction now the uh, common uh, symptoms of uh dragon's breath pneumonia is uh casually breathing uh fire to start off with but uh the worst off it does get is it will eventually literally burn uh the lungs of uh of the afflicted that is uh, one of the uh, more <laughs> more dangerous uh, sides of the affliction that it can get to. At this point, it is a bit harmless, but eventually as it begins to flare up and get worse, that it will start to go at his uh, uh, lungs, essentially. But he is uh, describing discomfort in the heart. And as you do think about it, you think, uh, and again, this is why I wanted the history check here. Uh, there usually isn't a connection between this affliction and the heart. But what you uh, uh, summarize (laughs) is that he is on the terminal uh, side of this affliction, but his lungs can handle the heat and the smoke. That's the issue, that it's actually going beyond his lungs and causing issues beyond the afflicted area, such as the heart. Then... To make this a lot more scenical, I'll make it more fun scenical. I'm going to ask him as if I'm a real doctor kind of style thing. So I'm going to be like, all right, when did the affliction start? Oh, a couple of years back. And when did you start feeling the symptoms? Was it when you came back home? Did you go anywhere in particular strange? Uh, I was going on a voyage to uh, uh, certify a deal. I was sealing deals out there. Have anything strange in particular that seemed a little bit off? Something exotic? Nothing too crazy. I was talking to sea elves. We put on a nice dinner, and uh, we had a fun party. (laughs) Oh, do I have stories to tell of that party? (laughs) And he looks towards Eddie. Your mother was a crazy woman at that party. (laughs) All right, have you noticed a burning sensation in your mouth, nose, lungs? No, 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 no. Absolutely not. As he speaks, a couple of embers come out. All right. I have two more questions that then I could give you an answer based off what I've seen, because I only seen this case maybe a couple times from what I've known. But I could say this. Would you like me to phrase it as good news or bad news? I prefer good news and great news, but that's just me. Okay, then I'll phrase it in the way that's kindly. But well, how would I put it? Your lung power is so great that (laughs) your lungs are making it so that you are not dying. So instead, it's going after your heart. Who's the fudge? (laughs) Gives you the, you know, like the uh, Nixon jowl movement before looking up. Now, 
You have Dragon Pneumonia. It is most often very deadly to those that have normal lungs, but based off your gifted nature, you have been staving it off much longer than anyone else has been able to be capable of. So now it's starting to move to your heart. <laughs> what do you mean? That's ridiculous. What the blaze is this dragon's breath pneumonia? Sounds made up. <laughs> exactly. As you said, it's blazing. Your lungs are usually supposed to burn out from the inside. But again, you want me to give it as great news. You have the most powerful lungs I have ever seen in any person. But now it's going after your heart. And I assume it feels like you have a burning desire in your chest. And no, it's not for love. It's literally burning. <laughs> If you do look at his uh, medicine, uh, some of the components uh, used for that uh, heart medication does revolve around uh, a lot of... uh, uh, That's the best way to put this. Um, A lot of uh, uh, herbs... I want to say (laughs) anti-inflammatory. Yes, yes, thank you. That is perfect. That is perfect. And uh, is uh, composed of uh, a shard of... uh, What's the best way to say this? Uh, essentially, there is uh, those uh, herbal ingredients that uh, uh, Eddie just brought up, along with a, a shard of uh, ice. And this is a very special ice, not just like a frozen water. It looks like uh, this combination has been uh, misdiagnosing uh, his uh, condition, but been has been working for a uh, pain relief, but nothing towards a, a cure or treatment. Hmm. Funny enough, the person that misdiagnosed you has been, well, making it easier for you, but I want to be honest. If you really want me to be brutal, I don't lie to my patients. Like I said, you do have the greatest lungs, but it's terminal. And lastly, you are one of the very first cases, since I'm still going to make it the great news, of someone having it so far terminal that it is targeting your heart. It's usually a lung disease, not a heart disease. Congratulations, you are a medical anomaly. Can, like, anything be done about it? Well, most often for things that take care of the lung issues, it's to combat it, but often enough, you can think of it as more like a magical bacteria. However, I've never seen a case where someone has been on it for so long that it's shifting, so basically you need some more potent stuff, stronger magics... I can whip up something possibly, but I I need to I need to have time to do that. However, kind of looks to Eddie. Eddie, I only have a couple minutes before I might actually cause your father a heart attack. And you do. You have exactly a minute. All right, uh, pops. I need you to not freak out. <laughs> freak out, you've, you've already said a lot for today, your mother being transported, dealing with a ge- warmongering people, the filthy fucking genasis, bothering my son, threatening his life, threatening my country. There's nothing more you can say that can surprise me. <laughs> nothing at all. So, Eddie, should I leave the room based off what he just said, or no? <laughs> uh... Look, Pops, like, not all of them are so bad, because, like, well, I'm kind of sort of traveling around with one. <laughs> and he pounds on the armrest. <laughs> good with the jokes. <laughs> I've never met a good one. <sighs> Sierra's going to take a step back, kind of counting in their head, being like, ugh, I don't even have time to well, leave the they, room. Well, they did just, they did just give you a 
helpful medical diagnosis. What? <laughs> uh, just looks at you longingly, then looks back at uh, Seer, and he just goes, "What? What do you? What are you talking about? <laughs> Genasi, her." <laughs> As Seer takes a step her. back, you want me to describe it, um, Gray, or do you want to describe it? Go right ahead. Go right ahead. So, and this is for Louis' future sense because with Seer, it's very much like their magic's like you know how like it's alchemical. It's very like. It does things that radiate from the source. In this case, since Seer had the staff, it was from her hand. She used the magic. Her hand slowly turns back to this, like, black charcoal as it just spreads rapidly through their arms. And then as it reaches their shoulder joint, it starts to spider, like, back to their golden lava veins that just radiates down back to their legs, their head. And the final moment is when their head just radiates with, like, fire. Just, like, a campfire just sparked a life. I'll uh, provide uh, the two people talking to James uh, insight rolls. As he is smoking a cigar, uh, uh, smoke is leaving his uh, lips. Uh, specifically, not from in, uh, inhaling. It's just been sitting in his mouth. Okay. All right. Uh, Seer, it's not with disadvantage. Just uh, minus one, please. Oh, I'll okay. Offer you, I'll offer the roll one more time. I apologize. No, that that's perfectly fine, and I'll clarify why when we reach uh, towards the end of the session. Oh my god, it's worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a new role we're gonna go with. All right, eight and four. Um, he seems like he's in shock. What do you guys do? Louis is like, well, maybe she should pull the bandaid now, but you'll wait. Seer kind of like heavy breathing. It looks kind of like one of the rare moments where he kind of looks like Seer is actually sweating. So it's like you see these little golden embers officially now coming out. And they kind of just simply... He's staring at you unblinkingly, but go on. And then Seer just simply goes, I made a purpose for my life currently that not only would I help all those that are ill, all those that suffer from blights of all sorts, I made it a goal, hopefully, in the future... To make it so that my people, both sides that are suffering, as well as those that are mongering, will finally be able to be peaceful together with the rest of the world. For, as you already know, there are some of us that are very cruel, but then there, there are, you already know too that there are some of us you never got the chance to talk to for you already slayed. And I am used to the shock for I've seen crowds of people already look upon me in such a way. So, whatever you think is up to you, and whatever you decide is in your hands. But I want you to know that I only simply wish to fix your issue of dragons and ammonia. Especially if it is, and soon, might kill you. Um, Eddie, do you add anything to this? Because uh, he does not say anything in response. He's just staring at uh, Seer. Unblinkingly, smoke leaving his uh, uh, slightly jar mouth. Pops, they've been like a really good friend to me, and I'd really appreciate it if you'd maybe have an open mind about it. Stairs. Oh no. Uh, Eddie's just gonna like walk up and like actually like wave his hand in front of his face. Oh, no reaction. No, I... <laughs> oh, all right. I got this. It appears the shock made him pass out. Um, Eddie, since they have the terminal illness thing, 
Fun fact, war, um, cold baths will actually help them out. They could smoke all they want, too. It's just their body temperature being lowered might help out a bit more with this since often dragon's pneumonia will make someone's body raise to temperatures. If they are close to death, either A, their temperatures rise to extreme heights, or, well, often the signs of someone dying is when their breath starts fuming with smoke. But in this case, I don't think we're going to know that sign. In this case, we would see it in their blood. It might turn blackened by the fact that their blood cells might be burning. Uh, Eddie, it is a little hot around your father. Uh, oh, he's warming up. Uh, hey, my bad. Could you maybe, like, take him to the bath? Seer, I'm gonna show you to the experimentation room. <laughs> let's, let's do that. My time's short. It's not short. It is gone. Uh, Seer, uh, before I fully kill Eddie's father, how long does this stick last? You just have to periodically think about it every hour. You will be fine if you hold it. There's, it's only been used twice. Once by me, once by you, so... You have plenty for today, if you need to delay. But I don't think I'll be able to leave the building for a bit. I... Look, I really appreciate this conversation, but I don't think my grandpops are ready for another kid. I'm... I'm ready. I'm, let's... let's... let's move forward then. Eyes twitching. And, uh, what... what I should mention is you do see a little bit of smoke coming from his chest. Now, I do need to ask this Gray to save some time for technicalities. We already know that... Since I, are, I assume it's a deadly um, disease, lesser restoration doesn't really work since you said it's like if they have clerics and other people that came in, is it because it's not a nature, it's not a spell that's exactly like you just lesser restoration away? Yeah, it, it's not. Uh, it, it's always hard for me to understand the full scope of lesser restoration because I always uh, relate that to uh, mag uh, magical afflictions. Um but I will say for uh, yes, for your sake, that it, even uh, if uh, lesser restoration uh, deals with a common pestilence and uh, diseases, whatever this is, it's very uh, esoteric and exotic that uh, clerics haven't been able to cure with uh, lesser restoration. I'm still going to try to do it, though, anyway, because it might bring relief as, as you know, Malved's about to take Eddie's dad, you see Seer just naturally just pull out a concoction. You'll see them pull out this small medicine chest and they just click, click, click through a bunch of these pills, smash them together into a powder, put a little bit of water into a small vial, and then it forces the dad to drink it as Lester Restoration occurs. Alright, let me look at uh, Lester Restoration because I believe it deals with conditions. It deals with conditions and again has that uh, that bit uh, about uh, diseases as well, but I'm gonna say yeah, since it does specify disease or uh, uh, one condition, I'm I'm gonna say for this case that it will help regress it. Uh, I'll say I'll say that because it, it doesn't cure it, it doesn't act uh, too much as a uh, a line or a, a pathway to uh, treatment. It, it's more of just regressing uh, the disease itself. So. Uh, as you do so, you see the smoke in the red shape of a heart begin to dim from his uh, shirt and fur. I'll have to stay close to them. It means that I can actually fix their problem if I'm able to. That I won't cure it by casting the spell over and over or giving them the medications I have, but... That's why we're going to the experimentation room. <laughs> Fair. 
Okay. But so you you leave uh, James in the uh, the hands of Mavet and Aluya. Yeah, I guess it's like, hey, Mavet, could you put Pops in his bath? Yes, I can. Cold as possible, please. What, what does that look like? Like, uh, how how do you guys uh, get water? Like, uh, imagine you guys are in the bathroom. You guys have uh, just uh, marble tiles and a, a gold bathtub. Mavet would look to Aluya. And be like, how do these things work? Olia's probably just gonna go quickly and turn everything on and make sure it's just purely on cold water. Um, yeah. we weirdly enough, this is the first time you've seen a, a setup like this. Um, but yeah, it does seem like there is a, a, a plumbing within the house, and uh, there is a, what would you, you would call a, a modern setup for a, a bathtub with uh, two knobs. Could I deduce that C is cold and H is hot? Yes, you may. <laughs> okay. It doesn't take much experimentation to figure that out. So I assume you just do a full blast. It's just spurting from uh, 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 the sprocket here. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So just water's, <laughs> water's filling up the tub. It's ice cold. And uh, Mavet, I assume you're carrying James. Yes, I am. His leg uh, twitches like a dog in, uh, while they're dreaming. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. He's like, it's, he's dreaming of uh, running. You see his eyes are wide open. All right. The tub gets full. What do you do with James? How do you, uh, how do you deal with him? I plop him in. How hard? <laughs> I let him roll off my forearms into the tub. And then he probably falls face first into it. I'm thinking, can he breathe water? Probably. Yes. I'll just put his head above water. Eddie's not there to answer me. <laughs> oh, all right. And uh, Aluya, when uh, James goes in and gets repositioned, uh, what do you, what what else are you doing here? I, I, I wouldn't know what else to do. Uh, Sears said to get him to a nice cold bath and he's in it already. Well, now it's lukewarm. Ah. As steam comes up from uh, the bath. Aluya, think about the well situation you did before. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what I was going for, but like I didn't know a way to like focus that in. So Aim for the bathtub. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you know what? We we reference this a lot. Uh, we do, but we don't have it recorded and it's not posted. Luya, can no. you fill people in yeah. what the fuck the well situation is? No, I don't want to talk about that. We've referenced it four fucking times. It, I had she had all the good intentions of the world to try and do this there and were... you're more than happy to explain those good intentions now <laughs> please describe to us your beautiful kindness that you try to deal there were might I say dead orphan children locked like chained in a well um I thought it would be a good idea to drown them no, uh, to release them so you know they play bob up and we can grab them uh, to shoot a frost bolt into the well, but you know, but the well was full of aqua, <laughs> full of water, and I froze them. I made orphan popsicles, and they did not live to tell the tale for cold's very cold. No, they. They did not. R.I.P. Little ones. Mm -hmm. And after that flashback, 
we see the current situation right now with uh, lukewarm water. So Mavet will do something less archaic and use shape water to cool half of the bathtub. Because I'm assuming this is a huge bathtub. It's big enough to fit a fat otter. Okay. Well, since I can't uh, freeze where he is, I will freeze the opposite side so it helps combat the lukewarm water. Okay. Let me just double checking on uh, the spell information here. Yep. That is, in fact, something they can do with shape water. I yeah. honestly forgot that cool. he had this cantrip. <laughs> yeah. And this is probably one of the very few uses that really comes into play here. Holy shit. I don't have to be a bad guy again. You can still try. <laughs> it seems like Mavet's plan is working. Hopefully. Yeah. It's not too late to have your villain arc. <laughs> so yeah, you do freeze uh, half the tub. And uh, as you freeze it again, like it begins to thaw and uh, uh, go back into... Uh, not instantaneously the room temp water, but you can see it's progressing towards it. And because you're not adding ice to it and you're using the uh, same mass of water, it doesn't overfill. But you keep freezing it, it melts, and you freeze it again, rinse and repeat. And Deluia, what's going through your mind as you see water freezing and unfreezing? Like war flashbacks. The group, the group behind me saying, seeing the kids in the well. Just the distant screams of children go off in your head. <laughs> there was no screams, but yes. Silent screams. That silent screams are the loudest. All right, Mega and uh, Moo, uh, what are you guys doing? I'm following Eddie. Yep, uh, Eddie is leading her to the experimentation room. Okay, uh, fill me in. Uh, what? To, where is it located on the uh, uh, estate? Uh, what leads up to it? What does uh, the place look like? What's in it? Uh, please, go right ahead. It's like, uh, it's like a, it's not actually like too far off from uh, from Eddie's room. In fact, it's like uh, uh, a few doors down. Like uh, so, like they do pass Eddie's room on the way. It's, uh, mm -hmm. it's, uh, well, actually, I think you would actually briefly have to go into his room because uh, that's probably where he also left his uh, left his house key. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like a briefly went going to grab that then like go oh, wandering off like a few doors down along with seer it's like uh, and as he uh unlocks the door it's uh well first he unlocks the door and then he gives like a special knock it's like uh, and the door opens proper <laughs> i.e the door was both physically and uh, magically sealed uh, <laughs> uh and as he opens it it's like uh the room appears to be like uh something uh, the not nothing like quite so like a sterile as like a like a modern one but you could like uh, attribute it to uh the description of a um uh of a chemical lab where there's like a few different like uh, tables about and like a different uh like a cabinets uh like full of like a different um uh different like supplies and chemicals mm. uh and it's like uh, Eddie's kind of like looking toward uh, Seer. So like, not gonna go like too much into the detail, but this is where I first. Uh, this is where I first like uh, developed mindfuck. Hmm. Fair enough. It seems I would say quite exquisite. Yeah, you have all like, the necessary things. I mean, like I made a few other things in here too, but like those are less relevant. But uh. I do keep, like, a lot of, like, 
supplies from like different parts of the world because that's what I was about at the time. So like maybe it has what you need in here or at least a good amount of it. We shall see for, well, most of the time to cure such a thing without the means of higher magics. Although, like I said, I only seen this case a few times, maybe a couple, but it was taken care of by, well, it's called dragon's pneumonia because dragons are known for their fury. So you have to quell the fury. I think that ice shard kept your father from feeling the worst of it. But if we're able to, we use the ice shards and use it in different a way to administer um, stir it. So, all right. I need three things from you, Eddie, to do, get from your father. One, I need a blood sample. Two, I need to know who made the medication with the ice shard, since they were the closest to alleviating your father. And three, I need to make sure your father's not going to treat all the things I try to give him into, like, poisons. Since I need a willing patient. Hey, I'm confused by that last one. If he hates Genasis with great fury, he might think that I might try to kill him. I am not. Please try to make sure he takes his medication. The hardest thing about medications is people taking their medications, not the medication itself. Uh, I mean... He's pretty good about taking his medicine, but I'll, you know what, I'll also just make sure the staff know. Thank you, I would appreciate that. I'll be in here. I need his blood sample to get the accurateness of it, since depending on how colored it is, it means I need to do either lesser or stronger means. I'll start setting up here, and then we'll chat after we take care of your father. Uh, all right. It's like, uh, it's like, a, oh, almost like a bit programmed, just like, uh, like wanders over, like, uh, it's like, uh, grads where he knows this, uh, uh, the syringes are at. It's like, uh, there they are. <laughs> and then, like, starts poofing away. <laughs> and Seer shall get all the lab equipment they need ready to go, like, yep. as if she's back at home. Mm. All right. Yes, we do see a montage of you uh, grabbing ingredients and uh, going through this process. Do you mind uh, going in detail what your uh, method looks like, uh, especially with the equipment at hand? So often, if it was like a process where we could re regress it slowly, Seer would make something like vials and potions to be able to quell, um, you know, quell in. However, since we saw how fast his condition just progressed at such alarming rates... Seer is creating, I would say, I would say not a vaccine, but more of a injectable cure. So they are getting materials, crushing them in a mortar and pestle. Instead of having a Bunsen burner, they use their hand to, as they walk around, to boil the compounds into a more simple, you know, chains. And then they kind of, well, not simple chains, to combine the chains of the molecules together. As they continue so, they begin to muddle things, add chemicals to dilute other things. If they get the ice crystal, if there's a bunch of those ice minerals inside the, you know, experimental room, Seal will begin to use it and start to concentrate that solution. And eventually, once she has the solution in her hand that's boiled enough with all the compounds she's mixed into it, she will start to um, titrate it with the ice solution combining with it together. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I, I want a bit of a medicine check with this as well. Cool. Is it okay if I roll with intelligence for this one instead? Yes, that's perfectly kind of fine. Yes, 
you can absolutely do that. And I need to specify, this is for crafting the potion. This is, we're gonna take this one step at a time. And first of all, it's with the ingredients at hand. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, remember your minus one. But yes, you may use your intelligence. Doing that, normal, 11, flash of genius, 26. Okay, 26. Um, I'm actually gonna make you uh, hesitate on using flash, uh, flash of genius because, uh, for this, that was the final, uh, threshold was 20. Um, so let, let me, uh, lay this down, uh, with everything that, uh, Eddie has within his, uh, experimentation room, there is enough for a, uh, uh again, creating not a, uh, treatment or a cure, but definitely, uh, uh, and I'm trying to think of uh, the proper or, uh, medical terminology for uh, uh, essentially uh, putting thing at a stasis to uh, halt uh, the progression of a disease. But uh, uh, essentially at hand, what you, what you have is uh, the ingredients to uh, stop it for now, to uh, cu- uh, keep it from progressing, but not enough for uh, treatment and a cure because uh, there are two important ingredients that you are missing uh, from this uh, assortment here. And I'll list them off as the following. The first one, like you are mentioning before, uh, the crystal that was used for uh, essentially uh, <laughs> uh, to regress uh, the disease is uh, no- known as a crystallized frost balm. That is uh, essentially the primary ingredient towards a treatment that is required to make this work. It is called... It is called frostroot poultice. It is made from a frostroot plant, primarily to the north, where it grows in the tundra. Towards uh, us here, you can strike out the first ingredient that you put uh, put on there. It's one and the same for uh, number one and number two. But those are the two ingredients necessary for uh, creating a treatment. So far, uh, the clerics, the apothecaries that have uh, tried to treat James have only gotten halfway there. That's how they can regress it with the crystallized frost balm. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what was the two ingredients? Crystallized frost balm and frost root poultice. Got it. And keep in mind, it should be made into balm. So far, they've uh, take, taken this crystallized uh, uh, frost and made it into an uh, ingestible medicine. Easy peasy, the problem is getting it. All right. Absolutely. But again, from what you know, it is primarily the tundras in the north. And when I mean uh, north, I don't mean north of this island. I mean north, north. Um, I don't believe... uh, Have I uh, went into detail last session about uh, the position of this island? Or did that get uh, skimmed over with all all the actions or uh, all the uh, sequences that we had? Um, If it was mentioned, I don't think it was emphasized. Okay, well, let me emphasize it because it is important. Because, again, I don't like to give you guys lore dumps or uh, uh, go too much into detail about things that aren't uh, necessary for you guys to know. uh, The background, essentially. But for this, I feel like it is important. Um, I will remind all of you, although I don't emphasize this a lot, uh, the entire world has a Pangea that goes across the equator that creates a tropical tropical temperatures, uh, even to the north and south. To the south, the more uh, closer you get to the South Pole, the hotter the temperatures become. The closer you get to the north, the colder uh, the temperatures get. Towards this island that you guys are on, it is closer to uh, the equator. But the more north you guys get, the colder it becomes. 
And what you guys do know is uh, the, the farthest north you can go is towards uh, the civilization of uh, the Sea Elves, uh, their capital, Frostheart. And again, with that type of uh, tundra, you do know that is a location uh, towards you, Seer. I know this is a bit long-winded, but it's necessary for you to know is uh, the ingredients, the primary ingredients that you need can only be sustained in these environments, uh, grown in these environments. Frostheart, would you guys like to see a map? I would love to see a map. Mm -hmm. Has a lot of bells and whistles on it, but I'll make sure to uh, pin uh, the location that matters here. So let me explain what you guys are looking at here. If you look at uh, the left and right, you'll see uh, two circles. This uh, represents uh, both sides of the planet of uh, uh, both the major seas. The left being the Titan, the right being the Ink Sea. If you notice with the Ink Sea, you don't see a lot. That's because it is extremely dangerous. And uh, for uh, Mega and uh, Rakuzin, uh, they have uh, played in a campaign that was closer to the Ink Sea. It has been known to have uh, uh, thick fogs and mists that will spawn demons. That being said, there's not a lot of cartography or exploration that makes it out of that region. So for the most part, unless the party digs in and uh, goes through it, it will remain as a fog of war. Towards the left, you'll see a bunch of islands. Keep in mind with all these landmasses that they are small enough that they're still considered chains of islands. They're not big enough to be considered continents. Uh, the closer the islands are to the border of this map, the closer they are to uh, the equator, towards the Pangaea that circles around the planet like a ring. The closer you get towards the center is the closer that you'd get towards uh, the uh, North Pole, essentially. Towards a uh, journey towards a frost heart, you would need an actual navigator or an expert on uh, uh, an actual uh, a journey towards there because there are a lot of not only dangerous creatures, but uh, dangerous phenomenon that go on within the Titan Sea that leads towards uh, the, the capital of the Sea Elves. I guess uh, uh, because Eddie's uh, family does have trading uh, with uh, uh, the Sea Elves in general. I guess uh, information I can provide is uh, to get to uh, the city of uh, Frostheart. It is uh, through tunnels that are uh, uh, basically carved through glaciers. You essentially have aqueduct uh, waterways that bring ships from uh, the ocean deep within the ice to a encased city. A cold version of Sutopolis City. Oh. Yes. Um, but uh, that that's enough with a little bit of the info dump here. That's neither here nor there at the moment, but... That, that is the information that you have uh, that Eddie has is uh, there are tunnels that lead into the city and that's within the glacier. Uh, Moo, you're familiar that there are two primary ingredients that you need to actually go with uh, for a, a cure for this or a treatment, I should say, a treatment of this condition. But, you know, you can stagnate it. He is at the moment with all the equipment that you have at hand, all the resources at your disposal you can stop the progress. It is not life-threatening. It is not a timer over your guys' heads, but it is an issue. Means that it's our official first side quest for our next season. Yay! Yep. All right, guys. 
We're ready to save Eddie's dad from exploding. He could explode on me if he wants. It'll be it'll be pretty big explosion. <laughs> yeah, let, let me talk about the primary issue uh, at first, and that is time. The the journey is no cakewalk. At the moment, if you were to uh, go over there to try to sail through there, taking the fastest route, assuming the winds are on your side, it would take you about uh, 12 days to get there. Makes sense. Okay. I just want to make sure you guys are aware of uh, the time it takes for you to get there by normal means. We could always look to hire someone to teleport us. They've been to those lands before. I I will inform uh, Eddie anytime you've went with your father on business towards these lands. It has always been by boat. Or if you've heard him talking business, it was over the shell phone. But yes, that that's enough. A uh, little bit of uh, info dump right there. I want to, uh, I guess, uh, ask Seer, knowing all this, because I know this is a lot of information. I, I told you about ingredients, uh, the geography of the world, along with uh, where uh, certain ingredients are located here. I need to ask you, Seer, uh, like, uh, what is this? Uh, what kind of concoction have you made? Because I want to make it a little bit more open-ended. It doesn't have to be ingestible. It could be, you know, you know, an ointment. It can be an inhaler. Like, a, what, what do you have in mind? I made it injectable for the first dose, but for the second one, it is now then becomes like pills. But for the injection, when you pull it up, it doesn't have the beautiful crystalline shapes that it would have for the cure, where it like looks like a frosty potion. In this case, though, it looks more like a, I would say, a light blue hue concoction with little bits of... I would say it looks like salt, so it kind of looks like beautiful sea salt water. And then the pills are little blue pills with a little signet on it, branded by Seer. Well, we can't call it that because the little blue pill has already been trademarked. <laughs> yep. So, uh, uh, Seer, what, what does your uh, uh, mark look like? It looks like a little picture of a mechanical dragon rascal. Oh, that's cute. And I assume you have a little stamp. Yeah. I just heated. I it's not even like on a little metal stamp. It's like a little coin on Sears finger that she just gets hot and just presses it into the pills. That's cool. I like that. All right. And I assume, yeah, I like I assume that this not only just a mark of your craft, but a way of uh, providing security. If anyone says, oh, yeah, you made this, made that, you can easily check the medicine to see if you actually did make it. Correct. Mm. Yeah. So you, you make that uh, mega. Uh, fill me in on your character. I, again, I've been talking a lot, so well, where have you been going? What have you been doing? So, well, at the very least, like, you know, like he did as instructed, uh, like, went over to Master Bathroom, like, uh, finding, <laughs> like, uh, finding Aluya and uh, Mavet, like, in their little process. It's like, although he is kind of like, kind of like looking away a bit as he's like a like a drawing like a the blood sample that was asked because uh you know just like you know like seeing your own dad naked sort of situation it's like no, yeah but he's covered in for no. well actually i don't even think he's naked at the moment i think uh mavet just threw him with a suit on <laughs> yeah i just threw him in there yeah and his head is like you know just leaning on uh his shoulder and his uh, tongue is lulled out so you just see him with his tongue sticking out. Uh, eyes still wide open, twitching. 
and you see Mavet breaking pieces of the ice giant ice cube he makes and rubbing it on your dad's tongue. I'm not sure if I should be thankful or like confused why his clothes are still on. I thought it was part of him. You see it sticking like uh, cloth and fur, just really freezing together. Uh, he's going to be uncomfortable when he wakes up. You do know that this is his third favorite suit. Should I separate him from his clothes? Uh, if you could. And Mavet begins to tear him off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just rips too late to say anything. It just happens. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Again, third favorite suit. At least it's only his third favorite suit. So, well, I guess since the damage has already been done. <laughs> his twig is bigger than mine. Don't look at Pops. <laughs> just like Eddie. <laughs> just like us. Like Eddie, like it suddenly appears and like basically like starts functioning as a uh, as a cartoon cover. <laughs> Thanks. Eddie takes the sample that he needs. Thankful that Eddie is covering the uh, covering his sire. There we go. Uh, hmm. There you go. And all right, just like keep him chill, and I guess let me know when he's like awake again. And then he was like poops away. Oh, don't be poofing else. What? Aluya, we need more ice cubes. She'll just break off pieces. I start rapidly rubbing them on his tongue to cool him off. You too, so. <laughs> All right. Sir, you you were able to, uh, well, unless uh, Mega has uh, more to add with uh, coming back and uh, we have more of a scene with the concoction. Are you ready to do the administration? Oh, yeah. So probably after Eddie informs Sear about like their condition, it's like mm. beautiful. All right. You see this big syringe. It's bigger than most because it's not like a normal size. Sorry, I'm giving myself chills. I hate needles. Um, but basically, it is one of those big syringes with the biggest gauge imaginable. And then she gives it to Eddie and goes like, All right, I wouldn't put this in their arm. You're going to put it in their backside. <laughs> it's like, again, just like, Eddie, could you do that thing again? Like again, just like like a big cartoon cloud over his father's junk, and it's like, and I'm mean, like, I, I guess he's at least semi used to a needle, but it's not used to having to do it in just like like I, unfortunately, kind of like you know, like a feeling, just like like a like a where is it? Oh, okay, there it is. It's the part that jiggled. Uh, <laughs> why am I doing this? <laughs> Just give it a mighty thump. And there you go. That's my boy. That's my boy. As he says in the fever gene. <laughs> uh, why does he have to say that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, you know, gives him what he wants. He asked for it. <laughs> All right. And you do so. All right. Yeah, the injection goes in. And uh, what does the fluid look like, uh, Seer? Beautiful, light blue, salty sea water color. Hmm. Okay. Jesus. Um. That that definitely gets uh, administrated into uh, administered into uh, uh, James, 
And as that happens, you see like uh, his veins underneath his fur begin to glow. I would say a uh, a deep blue. Is there anything else that you guys do? Because uh, that that is the only uh, notable thing that happens within the minute. Um, I just say keep keeping him cold. It will put him back to the point where he'll ma- be able to manage it, basically. Okay. Yeah. And uh, as you guys uh, treat him, uh, again, this does take uh, a half an hour or so. I would say at this moment, Aluya, that your uh, alter self would be reaching an end. Do you do another charge? Uh, he's still unconscious, right? Yep. No, I'll be safe because if he opens his eyes, I don't need him freaking out in the tub. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll reuse a charge. If that's the case, um, we see this uh, magic pulse uh, around Aluya, and eventually James flutter or flutters his eyes from that unending blink. And as he does, so he won't be in the room just to make sure. Yep, he closes his eyes and he has trouble opening them as he just says, "Oh, I see his darkness. <sighs> My dead." <laughs> and he looks around. Pops, they put you face down. Squiggles, turns himself over. I still see darkness. And his eyes are closed. Pops, open your eyes. I'm trying to, my boy, I'm trying. And you see him struggling to open his eyes. I need need my eye drops. (sighs) Uh, Poofs away. (laughs) (laughs) Poofs back. (laughs) Yep. Do I hear poofing? No. Okay. He believes you full heartedly. <laughs> Here's your eye drops, Pop. And he struggles to open his uh, fat eyelids, squeezes it one other, blinks a couple times. His eyes are bloodshot, and it is merely because of how long his eyes just stayed open. Right. Everything's a bit blurry, but ooh, ooh, this is really nice. And he paddles the water a little bit. Uh, he does the uh, otter like uh, backstroke thing where he's just on his back floating like paws <laughs> on his big tummy <laughs> oh this is really nice <laughs> yeah they drew you a cold bath looks towards the tree man and the human does an awkward paddle to turn himself around where his uh, head is closest towards uh, Mavet and uh, Aluya and the bath is surprisingly big enough to do but he not- hits his head a little bit Turns around, all within the water, without getting up. He tilts his head back a little bit more. Well, thank you. I can't thank you enough. <laughs> and gives you a bit of a nod, flashing a bit of water. I apologize. I, um, your son, Eddie, said take off your suit, so I have it here as I hold it up. Oh, here's the eyes, other half. Eyes begin to widen. Oh, no. And looks down. Chins, like, going from triple to quadruple, like, ripple. Oh, no. <laughs> that was my third favorite suit. Got it for my grandfather. Well, now you have two. It can be third and fourth. Well, at least I still have my tie. I can see if it can be mended, Pops. Magic is a thing. <sighs> my boy, haven't I taught you anything? <sighs> Magic can do a lot, but it won't beat the sweat of a tailor. <laughs> well... I guess I do kind of sort of know the sweat of a tailor, but... That's my boy. Gives you approval. Proving nod. (laughs) As he begins to sit up. (sighs) Stares at you. 
Eddie. Squints, then looks past you. Bring her in. Seer, he knows you're there. Seer slowly walks in, making sure their hair doesn't touch any of the flammable stuff in this room. He begins to uh, step out of the bath and nearly trips. Did a little bit of waddle. And uh, there's a towel covering his uh, furry junk. But again, his fur does ha- he has enough fur to cover himself naturally. But he still puts a towel, uh, towel there for a modesty stake. Um, he looks up uh, towards you. Well, actually, uh, yeah, I, 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 I like uh, how tall have I said your father was? Mega? How tall is he? Uh, actually, I think you were so focused on describing how fat he was. You forgot to yeah. say how tall. <laughs> Thank he <was>. you. How <laughs> tall was he? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure everyone knows he's an obese and cute otter. <laughs> how tall is your father? <laughs> so I would say he might just be maybe an inch or two, like a shorter than Eddie, maybe. Okay, <laughs> he grew so he more wide than tall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he doesn't uh, look up towards Seer. Um, if memory serves, uh, Seer is five, 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 seven. Was it five, seven? Yeah, five, seven. Yeah, it was uh, Louis's. Uh, Louis is five, five, right? Louis is. Tell you in a sec. Five, six. Yeah. <laughs> so he's looking at you eye level, if not looking a little down, and. He uh, puts out his hand for you to shake. She looks down for a second, looks back up, puts their hand slowly, and gives them a handshake. It feels hot to them. Not like burning, mm. but it's like unnoticeable. It's like if they hold it for too long, it's hot. Uh, he is maintaining the handshake. Uh, at any point, does his fur burn? No, it's the thing that makes it nice with Sierra's hands is like, and you want me to really make sure I'll show you how like I thought about this character. The farther away it's from her core, the colder it is. So her hands are actually the safest versus like if you touch her torso where it would like catch things on fire. So basically torso and head are the hottest, feet and fingers are the coldest. Maybe a strength check, please. However, that that ass is a furnace. <laughs> Damn. Four. Four. Yes. So uh, with that uh, handshake, you feel his uh, paw crushing yours a little bit. Not enough to be hurtful. It's just a very strong grip. And he he's uh, looking at you. And uh, I feel like uh, as he uh, stares at you with uh, each breath, again, like a cigar in mouth, uh, the room becomes a little bit more and more hazy. And... He is going to do an insight check on you. And I am going to request a roll from you. I want a... How do you present yourself, I should say? I tend to present myself as very... how For, like, Seer, they're confident in their stuff, but they're not charismatic. They're very much like stone-cold, hey, I'm going to give you the truth. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know that Seer doesn't lie. Seer doesn't lie at all. Seer... Straight up told Aluya that they died and did not, you know, think too hard on it. It's very much like they carry themselves truthfully, but not showing off. That's the best way to describe it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, give me a, uh, hmm. give me an intelligence persuasion and I'll offer Hi. you the role. Let's see it. She attended a women in business course and, uh, <laughs> yeah. 14. 19. There you go. It's a 19. It's a 19. I, me- I messed up. Mm. Okay. Nice. Uh, 
he's looking at you. Uh, with your 19 and his uh, 14 insight, he's uh, looking at you. And starts from your eyes. Do you stare back? I do. For like a split second, then I move my eyes away. And then I try my best to keep eye contact. But it's one of those awkward moments, like Sears' true issue of like not making eye contact shows. I think they'll notice pretty quickly. It's like, why? Mm. There's a different air about him. You, for the most part, from what you've uh, seen with uh, his interactions uh, with Eddie and towards uh, everyone that uh, Eddie claims to be a friend, he, he seemed uh, friendly, if not aloof. As he stares at you, there is a cold air about him, a sternness. The backbone of a conglomerate is before you, and his eyes are piercing cold. You see that the squint of his eyes are slightly opened, that you can see the color. Eddie, what is the color of your father's eyes? Hmm. Uh, I would actually say, like, uh, his eyes would probably be... Uh, yeah, I would say, like, probably ashen gray. <laughs> yeah. You see ash eyes staring at you. And as he uh, looks forward and maintains that eye contact... You feel him rolling his fingers about like he's uh, stoking the fires of a flame. It is not to belittle you. It is just to test your fire, waiting for his fur to burn. And after a couple minutes of a far too long handshake to the point where it's just hand-holding, he lets go of uh, your hand and looks down at his paw. How often does your gaze flicker from his? I mean... Let's put it this way. Initially, it's strong, but then it starts to waver a lot because Seer does not like looking into people often's eyes. The group doesn't know why, but Seer very much has issues looking into people's eyes, mainly because based off what she's seen in her dreams and including what Gray did a while ago with that, if you remember the Aluia kiss thing, eyes constantly penetrating kind of throw Seer off often. If you had to put a number on it. How often? Oh, definitely like nine times. Nine times? Oh, yeah. You see him put his arm slightly behind his uh, back. And again, imagine that he has a towel for his uh, a lower uh, part. As the smoke gets heavier and heavier and covers like uh, his uh, body, obscuring the room to the point where you can only see five feet in front of you. The smoke clears up slightly and you see that he is wearing a new suit. At no point did he make motions of changing clothes. At no point did it appear that he teleported. You just see his clothes just, yeah, breathing onto his body is the best way to put it. And as he stares at you, you might have a bit of a quip. What's wrong, girl? Why can't you stare at my eyes? And as he uh, says that, it sounds a bit muffled. It's a little hard for you to hear, Seer. Uh, Eddie, how close are you towards your father and Seer? Uh, give me a rough distance. Um, I think because it's like the situation that felt like it was developing, he's probably actually uh, like uh, within a few feet, probably a bit closer to his father, just in the event that he feels like he needs to intervene. Yeah, and you can see everything transpiring, especially with uh, your sense. Um, Mavet, Aluya, how close are you to uh, James and Seer? I would say I'm like 10 feet back, kind of just... She was treating him, right? So she was, she would have been stepped back 
letting her do her thing. Yeah, and just so I can paint the scene for you. He is standing up outside of the tub and smoke is really becoming thick in the air. It is not steam. Smoke is becoming very thick here. I would say I'm right next to the tub. Okay. Give me a rough distance in your mind. How far that would be from uh, James. Would you say that would be 5 feet, 10 feet? Well, if he's standing next to the tub, I'd be right next to him. So I would say anywhere between 3 and 5 feet. Okay. Yeah, for uh, Ma Vet and uh, Eddie, it's hard to hear the conversation. For Aluya, you really need to strain your ears. Like, uh, the smoke is buffeting his voice. Okay. Uh, your response, uh, Seer. Why do you have trouble looking at my eyes? It is not. It's not because of you. It is because what motivates me to follow this path is a greedy need. I want to learn the truth of myself and why at some moments of my life, why some moments I sleep quiet. Many times I make my decisions. A cold pair of blue eyes stare upon me. He, his uh, expression is a uh, stoic. There is no smile. There is no frown. He is just evaluating you, much like uh, seeing the authenticity of gold within a pile. He just says to you, is that so? Hmm. I take comfort at the eyes that look over me. Why don't you do the same? What what does the gaze mean for you? It reminds me as if I have lost a great deal of something that I loved and every time it stares at me and I take my decisions, either I did something wrong or I did something good. And the confusion of it all makes me feel as if I'm speechless. I don't know if I did something wrong or bad, like a child being scolded and not told why. Hence why I want to figure out the secrets behind it. Because if I know if they are eyes of love or eyes of pain, I at least can understand what I was before. A little bit more smoke leaves his mouth as he speaks. It's like speaking to a bit of a dragon. His heart uh, uh, before was glowing and uh, uh, burning at his clothes. Now the only remnants of fire that you see is an occasional ember as he speaks. And it gives him again a, I wouldn't say noble, but an off-putting uh, demeanor. His uh, presence is a bit crushing, as he says to you. You don't know who you are. You struggle to know who you once were. His brow rises. You're not inspiring confidence in me. That is quite observant of you for, well, when you get to really know me, when you get to talk to me in such ways, I think you can read me very well that I'm not a very confident person for, well... And this is something hard to describe to you, but for many of my people, for many of the things, I'm going against the curve of what they normally would do. In fact, what I am doing, maybe the majority would look upon weird, strange, or abysmal. And I'm in this tight spot where I feel that I am going against the flow of what I should be, like my nature, but... A greater calling says I must go on. I am being pulled in two directions. I am in a situation where I am in a constant strife of my own body. Mm. You are perhaps the most squeamish person I've ever laid my eyes on. Look at me. And he says that firmly. 
Steel will finally put their um, eyes to the test of, like, to stare back. And Seer will make a remark going like, that's actually pretty astute of you to say as well, mainly because often those that follow the life of the blaze are proud, loud, and extremely arrogant. I'm not that. And she will now maintain eye contact. You'll take a step in closer. It's a bit uncomfortable how close he is. He's just looking directly into your eyes. Listen to me, girl. You have my son's life in your hands. If I am to take comfort in him being friends with a genasi of all things, I'd prefer that they stare me in the eyes, knowing that they will be defiant towards any harm that comes his way. Look at me and tell me that you will keep my boy safe. I shall, for, and I will say this as a great compliment for you and your wife. I will protect him with my life, for he has shown the greatest amount of love to me, despite what I am. A love that often is only brewed and made by the people of the biggest hearts, such as yourself. All right. Make me that persuasion roll. And this is going to be with wisdom. You're speaking from the heart. I'm glad it's not charisma, because I was going to say, it's like, this is not going to go well for me. Hmm. We're going to find out. You know, I'm not going to flash a genius at, do you know why? Why? I'm going to make a justification that they see basically Seer saying it from the heart. But the thing is that you could definitely tell due to his like imposing nature of like charisma that it's like she is extremely truthful, but it's like her confidence is just hard because I think you could understand it's like she's very much unfamiliar with the fact that this kindness is so bizarre since she's extremely used to the fact that she is constantly people that get murdered or shamed. So she's trying her damnedest to give a persuasive role in a sense of telling him, but it's extremely hard when she's afraid, not of Eddie, but afraid of everyone else around her. Um, You will feel a, a heavy paw on your shoulder. And it will grip. Uh, do you maintain eye contact? I try, and I will. All right. As you maintain eye contact, you see that the embers as he speaks uh, become a little bit more bright there there's a couple more embers like he just breathed in coal as he speaks to you the the fog in the room gets more thick and he says firmly look at me and maintaining this eye contact i'm putting extreme amounts of trust in you your kind has done nothing but hurt my family, hurt our business. We are on the cusp of going into destitute because of your kind. And he leans in close. There is nothing that means more to me than my family in securing the protection. And as he breathes out, it's like a dragon. <sighs> If for a moment I think you will endanger my dear, dear boy, I will snuff out your fire. And he looks towards you. And this is very important how you respond to this threat. I want you to take a moment and think carefully. When he says that, mm -hmm. hmm, I mean, I think the best approach and I think Just, this is what makes yeah, it. Go, yeah, I was going to say, make sure you go over the conversation a little bit. Try to see where he's leaning you towards. 
just trying to be careful because the key thing is like, I know he wants me to kind of like show that I want to um, show to protect his son and make sure I don't ruin him as much. I think Seer will phrase it as best they can as if they are looking upon a dragon telling them, don't fuck with my egg. Mm. I swear upon the very nature of what made me strange. I swear upon the fact that I wish to help people and all natures of all things. I swear on the fact that your son will always be in safe hands with me as he always keeps me safe at all times. I will snuff myself out for I will not let blood fall on my hands and especially of your sons. He is the one that I will always make sure he'll be the one alive before I. His mouth begins to twitch and you see just with uh, his hand, he uh, raises his paw from his shoulder, clenches his paw, and we see like a little bit of a vacuum in this uh, thick uh, cloud leading towards uh, Eddie. And... uh, Eddie, you see your father uh, staring towards you. And he just says uh, very simply, Boy, how much does she mean to you? Uh, she's one of my friends. One second. I'm going to need a persuasion roll. Although I think he's understanding like the, the nature of that question. And it's just like, uh, seriously, Pops, not like that. If anything, she's taken. <laughs> Seer will actually make a reaction go like, what? Okay. He looks towards Seer. Looks towards Eddie, then looks towards us here. His hand rolling, uh, his fingers rolling in his palm. He opens his hand and gives a side glance towards uh, Eddie. He reels back and he peers like he's about to strike Seer. Do you stop him? Oh, sorry. Who was that you directed at? <laughs> uh, towards you, Eddie. Sorry. He is giving you a side glance looking at you as he's reeling back. And it also go, goes towards us here. You see that he's reeling back. Do you move? Do you stand still? Do I take that as a moment of hesitation from uh, Seer? For you mean like, oh, you mean like when he's throwing his hand at me? Yes, he he looks like he's reeling back and about to strike you. Do you stand and take it? Do you move? I don't move for I feel I did already tell him whatever his decisions are is, you know, up to him. It's his own actions. I will not take it away from him. Eddie? It's, uh, it's like, a, like a Eddie, well, just like uh, realizing that's about to happen, just like uh, he's going to cast Sanctuary on Seer. <laughs> All right. All right. Explain the flavor of the spell, please. It's like, in, well, yeah, in this case, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, it's like, like realizing what he's about to do. Just like, it's like, Eddie. <laughs> it's like, uh, like, uh, the smoke is going to go, uh, go over and, um, it's, uh, and create a protective layer of smoke around uh, around Seer. It's like, uh, as at least his father is attempting. I, He'll make the wisdom saving throw. I assume in 19 beats. It's, uh, you know what, fuck it. Silvery barbs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Again, flavor that in. As he's reeling back, we see this uh, sanctuary take effect. He's going in. It looks like he's going to follow through with it. Uh, how's the silvery barbs look? Yeah, so the smoke from the sanctuary, it's like uh, actually like is uh, starts to form a bit and actually uh, take on the like briefly the visage of Eddie, basically to just throw his father off. <laughs> um, or possibly, 
or possibly if because I think I know where you're going there. It actually takes the shape of like a like a rib with two short swords. Exactly. And I think that's what's more off putting isn't the fact that's Eddie, but it it doesn't look like the Eddie that he remembers. And this is his first time really taking note of it when it's right in front of his face without all the complications and uh, uh, tense talks. It's just right in front of his face and he goes, what the hell? And Fink looks towards you, his hand in the air. What are you doing, boy? I don't want you to hit my friends. Looks towards you. And he's looking him in the eyes. <laughs> well, Edward, what are you going to do about it? Uh, Eddie will like uh, make sure he's standing up straight and kind of like, uh, it's like uh, change positions into like a bit more of a combative stance. Mm. If you hit her, I'll hit harder. <laughs> you mean to hit your old man? And he walking up to you, slightly looking up, very close to you. You think you have what it takes to strike your old man? I don't know, but if I learned anything from you, Pops, it's not about whether you think you can. It's what you, it's what you must do. Do or don't. There is no try. All right. I want you to uh, make me an insight roll. And keep in mind uh, that number is a little bit higher. I just made a uh, uh, charisma ability check. But the skill he is using, he is proficient with. Mm. You see him trying to hide away his uh, pride, his uh, admiration of what you said. Trying to put on a stern face. It's a very convincing mask that would deceive a lot of people. But you see right through it. He is trying his best to put on a face and stick with it. And you see those familiar eyes give a side glance towards Seer. Seer, what are you what are you doing this entire time? Seer is, you know, if they looked away, kind of like I'm not going to lie. I assume the exhaustion that Seer has has slowly been taking more and more of a toll. As when it, the disguise fell off, it doesn't mean the exhaustion went away. So very much Seer is just sitting there kind of like looking like she really needs to sit down, but she's not like going to fall over. She's keeping her ground. So she's just going like, I'm letting this resolve itself any way it is, you know? Okay. I'm actually going to pivot from you uh, for a second, Eddie. And uh, towards uh, Seer, I'm going to provide you an insight check. Cool. And uh, this is going to rely on intelligence. Minus one. 17. You see that uh, James is about to strike Eddie as his hand does uh, go into the air. I need to ask, does Seer do anything to stop his father from striking him? I cast Sanctuary on Eddie. He raises uh, subtly. Like, let me hear uh, the flavor of this spell. I mean, what's going to be funny is that as they are about to throw, suddenly you see Seer chuck a ball towards Eddie that just latches onto their chest and it just seems to be the small sh glimmering field just appears over them. Hmm. It, it glistens like a little bit of glitter that constantly is falling down, but it keeps cycling. It is of glitter, I would say, of silver. Okay. And what's your uh, DC? I 19, naturally. He goes in to try to uh, backhand Eddie. And uh, you see that there is a, a bit of force behind it. And... Uh... Eddie, as you see your father trying to strike you, there is a uh, smile that forms on his face as his hand stops before your cheek. And he is his back is towards Seer, and you see him just wrangling with the smile. 
flat once more, steel eyes. And he says to Seer, What do you think you're doing? This is between a father and his son. Still wrangling the smile. As I told you, before I let him be hurt, I would be the one first hurt. I will protect him, even from his own father. I think he's uh, looking at Eddie. Uh, Eddie, how do you feel about this martyr uh, behavior? It's uh, like, like Eddie, like, uh, like uh, glancing over, says, Seer, I can take care of myself. I ought to start doing that. Doesn't matter if you could take care of yourself. I will protect you, not as just a companion. But you have earned yourself to be one of my very first friends. And friends take care of each other. Correct. Besides, I also know you could kick your father's ass. You've shown it numerous times with other people we've had fought. Nothing was able to hold you down. I'm still sorry about that, by the way. I don't need your apology for that. That was just a horrible, horror situation. I would have liked it if you did that to me when you knew I was first off right away, even if it's me right now. If I turn bad for my goal, or even for my friends, you know that I would like to be struck down before I could do more. Uh, Eddie, you see with on James's face, like, like his brows furrowing, vein popping on his forehead a little bit. I'm guessing he didn't like the comment that I could sit, that I said he could kick your ass, but you know, above table. That's what I'm saying above table. I'm going like, I don't think he liked that idea. <laughs> it. Well, if you want to see what he's reacting to, by all means, anytime you guys can say an insight check. But if no checks are being made, I'm going to uh, move on to what he says next. Listen here, girl. And I think he slowly turns towards you. When I say protect my boy, when I say keep him from harm, it isn't all about the strikes and the bruises. And he taps on his head a little bit. I mean all harm. And if you throw away your life that my boy cares about, then I have a problem with you. And he walks up towards you. If you mean to throw away your life to protect my boy, and he comes out worse from it, I am going to drag you from whatever afterlife, whatever hell that you crawl into and pull you out. Do we understand each other? Oh, no, this is going to be so like one of those rare moments that makes me kind of think of it now. I think he hit a spot on Sears like heart because Sears often seen as like expendable in their mind or very much kind of like, hey, like my life is less valuable versus yours kind of thing. So when he's just saying like, you better keep yourself alive, blah, blah, you know, on this thing, she just kind of sits there go like, you don't view me as and it's like kind of that moment where like maybe seer looks like she tears up a bit on that because it's kind of that moment of like they, i'm not being seen as to be murdered i'm seen to be basically seen as keep alive yeah and uh eddie like throughout the entire process like a couple things are beginning to click from you it, it seems like uh mainly what your father is trying to achieve here is understanding uh the risk factor uh, much like any kind of product he buys or invests in he wants to see if the risk is worth the uh purchase essentially he, he wants to see uh the integrity of your friend so far she has protected you you've protected her 
there's a firm bond that he seems between you and it brings him ire to see something you cared about something that you made an investment in uh wanting to uh <laughs> destroy itself essentially to keep you safe he is seeing this as a uh a stock investment of sorts he does not want to see it drop he wants to see it grow and towards this it looks like he's seen beyond the race uh slightly just to see what's uh beneath the surface here are you looking at his eyes here i would say so because it doesn't waver in this case this time it's one of those moments it's like i'm genuinely touched by that where it's like they can't look away it's not a like unwavering thought of like oh i'm confident this is like they never heard this before, you know? Hmm. She has lived her life in fear often, and she kind of has made herself very cold to a lot of things. Hence why she's extremely honest. This is also one of those moments where it's like, I think her, like, feelings just got touched there. And it's one of those moments where it's like, she actually is like, like I said, teary-eyed. Maybe is like one of those moments where she can't look away. It's one of those, like, I am shocked. Hmm. He just stares at you for a while before looking towards Aluya, then towards Mavet, then back to Eddie. Boy, what have I told you about risky ventures? Don't make an investment unless you're confident in it. Praises you. Damn right. And I haven't seen such confidence in you in a while. Not only did you get one of the most dangerous assets out there, <laughs> well, you're threatening to Beat your old man's ass. <laughs> and again, there is a hint of pride that you were developing a backbone. Well, at least it's just one Genasi. We should be able to work with this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think Seer would react to that. She's kind of stuck in her own head. So I'm not going to help out in the situation. No, he's going to do an insight check and I want a... <laughs> Before anyone does any actions, I want uh, deception checks from the group. <laughs> this isn't to lie. This is just the initial reactions from him saying that. And I'll offer everyone the roll. You know, I might as well take my own advantage from the silvery barbs. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Oh, oh well, that makes sense. Yep. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Okay. Oh, yeah. Seer is kind of like emotional. Negative. One of the rare moments where she's emotional, so she's extremely honest. Mm -hmm. Or technically negative too. I already put negative in there, so it's. Oh, it's you put the negative, negative in there yourself. Okay, so. Roll higher than eleven. Point is uh, clear here. Is uh, James is uh, staring at uh, Seer, and you see him start to develop a frown. There is only. One Janasi here, right? Let me ask you a question then. Kind of like just their throat a little bit like shaky on that. Mm. Do you know how Janasi is made? Squints' eyes does not respond. I, I can tell you that often around the natural element of things, in your case, if you've seen a sentient calamity, which I imagine you have since you're a seasoned sailor or a seasoned warrior, Whichever the two. You then would know that often high amounts of elements can be extreme amounts of energy. Well, when someone dies, they don't die. They get recycled. And 
due to us trying to protect one of our friends, Eddie and I were trying to save a friend of ours. The pride product is that they were saved, but they were forever changed and have become what I never wanted them to be. And yet, I don't think they realize the gravity of it like you do. And I think you and I and our interaction between that has shown them that it weighs heavy. I hope they understand the point, this. girly. There is another, yes. Where do they hide? I will let them reveal themselves. I feel... Looks around the room to see an invisible person become visible. It's just, uh, Aaliyah's like... In her head, because seems like they're having a serious she's, conversation. She's just ignoring it. And I'm, I just, like, when he's looking around, Sears just, like looks to Luya. She does Seer does not look like a normal face where they're stone faced. They actually kinda of look like actually emotional as they look and go like, I think it'd be best to reveal yourself now. Huh? <laughs> what? What's happening? Did you call me? I I can't I can't do this, Eddie. Can you can you take over on this? What do you mean take over Eddie? <laughs> He's looking around looking for like uh the an invis uh, invisibility spell to be dispelled here. Or are they hiding? Perhaps they're not like invisible or anything. It's you. You can plainly see them. Plainly see. I only see a tree person and a human. Looks, looks towards the tree person inquisitively. Luya <laughs> uh, will step closer. I feel like I'm missing a lot of context. Uh, lots of confused faces. What am I missing? Look, I'm just going to say it would be a lot easier if you just dropped the disguise now. Oh, okay. Pops, Pops prefers integrity over anything else. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Uh, I felt bad, you know, doing it this way. Uh, alright. Well, I should first say that I wasn't always like this. Remember when I said that uh, I make poor choices. Well, this was one of them. But I was tricked. I do have parents, you know. Uh, great people. Uh, I have not seen them since the incident. But um, yes, I am like Sir now. Again, poor choices. And she'll, uh, she'll drop it. Mm. No shock. He was uh, mentally prepared for it. Uh, mentally prepared for uh, Genasi appearing. And he... Again, stares at your eyes and looks at your entire form, watching the electricity dance. I mean, she stares at him back. I mean, she doesn't break eye contact. She doesn't feel like she has, like she did anything wrong and or has anything really to hide. She is who she is. Although, just really quickly, it's like, uh, like, uh, like uh, James actually uh, gets a message from Eddie. Remember when I said Sierra was taken? <laughs> Gives a gives a knowing nod, Daddy. I understand. I wasn't trying to hide it from you. Honestly, I don't look too different. The issue is that um, when this happened to me, uh, now if I make contact with people, I tend to shock them pretty badly. So I, uh, that's why I was hesitant at first to shake your hand. You know. Uh huh. Looks at you, sees uh, the confidence. And uh, gives you gives you a nod of approval because you were one of the first people that he uh, talked to. 
uh, from the party. And I think uh, what he uh, might do as a uh, follow-up to that is... I think he might make a lighthearted comment and just say, So my son protects you, huh? Oh yes, for sure. Like I told you, he's pretty spectacular in what he can do. Narrows his eyes. Protects you, but do you protect him? I tried my best to support him in whatever way I can. She's very explosive when she wants to be. Eyes widen a little bit, not sure how to take that. <laughs> well, if you want what context, it's just, um, honestly, this group is the first group of people I've actually had friends with. I never really had friends, and as much of a fuck-up as I am, he accepted me, and I appreciated that. Mm. I want you to uh, make me a persuasion check, please. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually want to uh, show you a little something. Uh, our good girl, uh, Moo, actually made something for you, Aluya. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, question, am I allowed to guidance myself? Would you like to? You are allowed to guidance yourself. Would you like to? Yes. I was just saying, uh, in the moment, would it have been permitted? Because, you know, he's kind of trying to feel Absolutely. me. But yeah, <laughs> that is uh, what uh, uh, Aluya looks like. But uh, just for uh, people listening to this, uh, Aluya, you mind going in a little bit more detail of what your Genasi form looks like? Sure. Um, I still get to maintain my my lovely lady lumps, my curvaceousness. Um, my, my tan skin, uh, it's still there. Uh, but it's just translucent in a way, like, like, if somebody was, like, really pale, you can, like, see their veins, but it's different. Instead of veins, you can see, like, crackling bits of lightning throughout her entire body. Her hair, uh, it still maintains the color, but it doesn't look like regular hair strands. It's, like, strands of electricity all coming together to make it appear like her hair. I like the, uh... The fishnets you gave me, I appreciate. <laughs> James is overwhelmed by your uh, conviction with your nineteen. Uh, it, it seems like, uh, unlike Seer, who was uh, skittish, your confidence is reassuring enough that he doesn't need to test out your action. Uh, nevertheless, uh, he doesn't believe it'd work twice as well. He gives you a nod, then looks towards Eddie once more. It was quite a risky investment, my boy. So, well, at this point, I think I've been keeping a lot of company. So, but I think we both know I've taken bigger risks in the past. And kind of like actually like giving a knowing look, but which would be, which I mean that in both senses of the word. Yep. I think he would uh, stare at you, Eddie, and he would say, Edward, you've done a lot of risky things. You've done a lot of things that I'm growing to respect. Things that I'm proud of. But I cannot say this enough, my boy. If you're caught within this company, and he takes a big breath in, harboring a Genasi is a heavy crime. There won't be a trial. There is nothing I and he motions his hand towards the room, the state. We can do for you. The only lifeline you have is, and he pounds on his chest a little bit as smoke spills out, is the Nexus. Are you going to take this gamble? Are you going to keep walking this path, my boy? Uh, I'm going to do what I feel like I have to. 
And if anyone tries to stop me, let him try. That's the Hayes way. <laughs> That's the Hayes way. <laughs> and T goes up to you and puts a hand on your head and uh, tuffles your hair a little bit. <laughs> uh, pops. Then pounds you on the chest a little bit and goes in for like a, a sidearm hug. That's that's the way I raised you. That's my boy. And he looks at the party. This is my boy. <laughs> and the smoke in the room begins to dissipate. And after he's done hugging you and uh, just going through the motions of being uh, a proud father, he uh, just says to you, all right, boy, I I approve and looks towards uh, the Genasis and uh, the tree man. And gives a nod. I approve. I still have many questions about the tree, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah he, he, I think he just says, uh, though I suppose it wasn't necessary to begin with, huh? <laughs> you didn't need my approval. You'd find your own way, like a true haze, a noble haze. <laughs> this seems like a hugging moment, but, you know, my issue now, so... But I'm imagining we're all in a big hug huddle. <laughs> Gives a smile. I can do with the shock and comes in for no, a hug. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, Dexterity save. Dexterity save. I meant what I said. Really? Hang on. I'll give it to you. It's going to be contested with him. Hang on. Your poor heart. Yeah, he needs a jolt. <laughs> Dexterity uh, save. Throwing it your way. All right. Yeah, he misses. Yeah. Just going in for a giant bear hug. Do you sidestep him? What do you do? You want to take in control of this hug? I wish I could, but uh, hug him tight for me. <laughs> It'll do. <laughs> <laughs> My vet then proceeds to summon his arms and give him like a forearm hug. <laughs> yeah. Do you, so you go out to hug him. My vet, what does this look like? Yeah. I, I, I just, um, since he missed uh, Aluya, I'm assuming he went past her, he turns around. I quickly move Aluya out of the way and spread my arms. It's like, I'll take that hug. Looks towards Eddie and he just says to you, I guess I'm a tree hugger too. And he goes in for a hug. <laughs> and his fat cheeks are like uh, uh, mushing against your uh, bark. Probably gets a splinter too. How, how tightly do you hug him? Uh, do I roll? Do you I'm asking, do you... <laughs> it's up to you whether you want to roll or not. Um, Let's do it. Okay. Do a strength I, check. I'm going in for a good, nice squeeze. Like I would squeeze Eddie. Okay. Let me let me reemphasize. Higher does not mean better for this. You want a nice <laughs> average roll. I, I, have, I have low strength anyways. That's my weakest stat, so... <laughs> my boy! <laughs> it's a little tight. And I'll whisper in his ear, <laughs> I will always protect Eddie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can go a little tighter. And he goes in for the hug, hurting back. Mm -hmm. All right, Eddie. His back pops into place. <laughs> yep. You hear the pop. And uh, I'm going to say like uh, the camera uh, fades away from uh, the bathroom scene. And I need to ask the party, uh, what would they like to do? It appears that you're within James's uh, good graces, and uh, 
because of how well that turned out for you, I'll give you guys a little bit of leeway when requesting uh, items, property, uh, essentially anything of worth. You can just imagine that you do. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think first we have to get in his medical prognosis because uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's perfectly fine. And I know we uh, skimmed over that a little bit, but uh... We will definitely uh, head into the medical diagnosis in one second here. Um, I I do need to ask, uh, or I I guess I should just continue. Um, but uh, because you guys have gotten his approval, you do have uh, the Hayes Estate at your uh, disposal for uh, purchases, items, uh, vehicles, what have you. Oh yes, I would like to sell. I'd <laughs> ask him. I'd ask Daddy Eddie. <laughs> Uh, Pops Eddie, can I sell you something of great value? Yes, sir. Yes, Tree Boy. Yeah, we we can uh, make a deal with this. And uh, what are you trying to uh, pawn off here? I would like to sell him my name, Penelope. <laughs> More RP for that, please. Yes, my Tree Boy. Uh, what, what do you have to sell? Yes, I have come across something of great value when we arrived in this land. For I was given a name, Penelope, while at this shop of foods, and I was able to pay with it. I am not fond of the name, but I would love to offer it to you. But Penelope? The ambassador? <laughs> uh, raises an eyebrow. It, are, are you... Son, are you trying to sell me a person? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm Penelope. The man called me Penelope. Okay. Pops, remember how I said that I came here, but, like, I kind of traded places with Mom? Hmm. And uh, before, I before I continue on with the spy, I should really emphasize, uh, you guys are in his office now. I'm going to say that was a scene transition, but go on. I think maybe everyone else here did a similar thing. Mm. Oh. Oh. Oh, dear. And he pats his forehead a little bit. Well, I, I, it scares me that we don't know too much about that. And he motions in the air a little bit. Yeah. Will you be leaving soon? Can you leave to bring back your mother? Uh... And if you want, I can give an answer to the table about something at any time. Anyone in the party can break the teleportation by spending one action. Doing so will transport everyone back, all the way back to the teleportation circle. But there is a catch. When you do so, the clocks will move forward. All right. Uh, then I guess maybe Eddie's answer to this would be, well, we can kind of do it anytime we want, but... Oh, good. Bring your mom back. I'd love to see her. Ha <laughs> uh, well, the thing is, is that I would have to go too. And remember that whole thing we talked about, you know, those, uh, uh, you know, like those genasi that are trying to destroy the world. Please, my boy, we got to find a better word when you have such company looks towards the other two genasi. <laughs> okay. the Actually, above table, I'm forgetting the name that they gave themselves, the army. Uh, uh the Rebirth Bastion. Okay. Uh, sorry, I guess I'll call them by what they want to be called. The Rebirth Bastion. 
they'll get further ahead in their goals, so we don't want to do that unless we finished our business. What? What business? Uh, yes, you told me uh, this, that, and what, and he's just moving his hands about. But what's, what is your business here? Just take away your mother? <laughs> just laughing a little bit, just to calm himself down. <laughs> well, it's this that we know that there's a part of the Rebirth Bastion around in this area, and we're trying to stop them so that we can keep them from, I guess in this case, destroying the whole Titan Sea. Mm. Oh, my boy, my boy, my boy. He's just repeating. You don't have everything that you need. If you need anything, my boy, just say the word. I'll help you. Whatever brings your mother home faster. Consider the family's wallet to your own. I need my medication. Just goes towards the drawer. And this is an opening towards uh, the doctor in the room. Where is my medication here? You won't be needing to take those anymore. I made your own. What, what, what do you mean? It looks towards you. Sierra pulls out a vial full of... Well, not a vial, a bottle full of these little pills that seem to, seem to, be, to have the same color as the shot and be like, this will keep things from progressing because I can't cure you yet. I need two ingredients, two that you don't have. So... Uh, poppycock. <laughs> ingredient that we don't have. We have everything here. <laughs> and if we don't have it, we can get it. Alright, then do you have... Well, if I remember correctly what it's called. I only have seen it maybe a few times when I was running about. Um, and then Sierra will go... Frostroot poultice. Do you have any frost roots? Yeah, and he starts to get a cold sweat. Do you have any crystallized frost? Ugh. Sweats more. Oh, shit. <laughs> and he bites his lip. Just, uh, usually we can get a shipment of that, but... Uh, and he scratches the back of his neck. Been having a bit of uh, issues with uh, exports and imports with the, the sea elves to the north. <laughs> it's actually what we are investigating right now. Uh, I have uh, a good, uh, I have uh, the finest constable out there investigating. It goes by the name of Eric. You <laughs> don't turn things nose up, and we should be able to iron out the issues we've been having. <laughs> hmm. Well. Speaking of Eric, I did find your answer. The person that's been messing with your things is named Quagmire. But Eric's also the one that I switch with. Really digging for that medicine? Feeling for the heart? No, I'm just take this hands the pills to him. That Greedily swallows them. Okay, maybe I didn't stress this so much before. Edward, maybe he looks towards you. Um, I may have been putting on a bit of uh, airs and uh, a face. This is a, a serious issue to our uh, family. Uh, I meant to keep your mother calm uh, today by uh, perhaps uh, underballing how how much this will impact us. And, uh, to, and he's wiping his brow a little bit. It puts me here a bit... Uh, Makes me uneasy knowing that uh, one of the head investigators I had on this case is uh, also gone. Although, wait, 
Seer, did you say that their name was Quagmire? Correct. Fun Are fact. Are you thinking I'm what pretty... I'm thinking? Mm-hmm. Yes, Family That's... Guy was a good show. We all understand this, Eddie. What point are you trying to make here? <laughs> Sorry, he doesn't say that. Go on. Uh, Pops. Yes. I think, I think this Quagmire person might be related to the Rebirth Bastion. Oh, bastion this, Bastion that. And of course, these damn Genasi keep fucking with our business and, like, uh, Pause just over his face, peek through, looking at the Genasis. The Bastion, the Bastion, fucking with our business. Backpedaling. Uh, he just uh, uh, says to you, um, if it's about the issue at hand, uh, the state is at your disposal. Whatever you need to investigate this, I will help. For what it's worth, Pops, like, it's possible that in some way, this teleportation thing that we did, I think we swapped out with people that were in some way related to everything the Rebirth Bastion was doing. Sort of like a, a cosmic way to bring us to where we needed to go. That, that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, Penelope was, and he, uh, his face goes a little pale, an ambassador for the Sea Elves, or... Well, Eric, he's, he was investigating the disturbance. It looks towards Eddie and towards Aluia and your mother. And yeah, and looks, uh, stares at Aluia. Uh, who, who did you switch places with? Uh, interesting thing. Um, I was this elf gentleman. Um, he does not seem to like... You, the, the Haze, very much. Um, his name was Lythril Whisperwind. Lythril, <laughs> that that crazy bastard. And again, his face goes a little pale. Uh, Genasi apologist. Tongue goes to bottom lip. Can I insight check him? Yeah, I'll make a charisma roll. He he is proficient with both persuasion and deception. To let you know. Okay. And I'll offer you the roll after I roll for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See how good your insight is. And here's the roll. Yep. You got to 21. You got a natural 20, making it 29. And specifically, what were you looking after? Uh, his authenticity with uh, the person? Yeah, I mean, why? I mean, the whole thing, that I was this guy, right? And yep. he is pretty much going to end it all in protest of his family because he just sides with the Genasi? Like, like, there has to be more. I like digging into that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, whatever. Whatever information I can get, you know? Yeah. Okay, let, let me, because this is going to be a, a lot. Um, and okay. uh, I feel like I'll, I'll just present this with uh, a casual back and forth and I'll tell you what you picked up from it. From what you can uh, gather... This uh, uh, person that you were taking over for, uh, Lithril, was an elf, and he is a native of this island. Uh, Eddie can fill you in, James can fill you in, but there is a, a little bit of a tension between the Hayes family and the natives of uh, this island. Uh, specifically, um, the elves 
uh, the elves in general, like uh, I, I hesitate to say extremists, but uh, there is a, a group of elves on this uh, island that actively disturb uh, the import and export that uh, the Hayes family does to uh, uh, damage uh, not only their income, but to become a, a greater inconvenience for the family and uh, go against what they're doing as a form of protest. Uh, one of such acts was uh, the person trying to uh, uh, essentially uh, talk to the entire town, make a big scene. Uh, again, you didn't investigate too much on uh, what the protest was trying to accomplish with your escape. But again, what you can gather is the person had a message he wanted to send to the people and he needed to cause a big enough scene to uh, gather uh, uh, groups of people or at least a lot of the town. Now, uh, towards uh, the Genasi uh, apologist uh, uh, viewpoint, from what you uh, gather from James is uh, the person has had a, a streak of being an activist, not only uh, a former protest against the Hayes family, but uh, essentially supporting uh, Genasi life which, again, goes against uh, general uh, cultures around the world that have a universal hatred towards Genasi. If you speak good of them, typically you are the minority. This person was a minority of such a, uh, again, I hesitate to say movement, but uh, of that type of philosophy. Now, how uh, being a Genasi apologist uh, connects to his uh, protests or what he's been doing with the Hayes family is beyond you and warrants further investigation. But that's why I wanted to outlay with a little back and forth with uh, James. And obviously, I really can't uh, outline that too much without causing more confusion. Okay. I could definitely say this with confidence that that person might be stupidly connected to the most important people since it's like oh my god if they know if they're supporting genasi that means they know the people over there genasi wise now he it seems like uh james has made a connection with most of the people transported penelope uh lithril eric uh marianne though uh eddie's mother is a head scratcher to him what does your mother have to do with all this <laughs> Nothing at all. She all she does is stay at home and keep us company. It just keeps keeps us company. Talks and he's just going down the rabbit hole. And uh, Eddie, this might be a situation where your father's not privy to uh, information about your mother. It might be something that is, uh, if there is a connection, that is behind his back. Uh, hey pops. <laughs> or maybe she. Spent too much gold shopping, or perhaps talked to the wrong riffraff, and he's just still talking to himself. Uh, hey, pops. What, uh, Edward? What? Uh, you said that mom stays home all the time, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> all she does is stay home. Are you, like, sure about that? <laughs> I mean, what, what can she do? I mean, all she has is her shell phone. <laughs> so, Shelfum, just staring off into the distance. We've been biting his lip. Been having issues with communicating with our shell phones as of late. We've been investigating it. I also had problems with that 
Have you... So... Said... Hey, Pops, are you sure that she had her shell phone? Till she... She never leaves it. Hey. Hmm. And thinks really hard on it. No, she she always have has it on her. But, uh... I... I don't think she has it on her right now. Um... Just above table, the only reason why he's at least suggesting that is because he was able to communicate through one magical means, but not another magical means. Hmm. I, I suppose, yeah, like, no, that, that is a, a clear and good assumption. For that in particular, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to look at this, perhaps an arcana check. Or no, not, not an arcana. What would be a more realistic um, let me look at the skills quick, see what fits what I have in mind the most here. Just one moment. Because again, this is a situation where I don't want to lead you astray or be uh, coy about this, because this is rather important. Um, I'm going to say investigation, actually. Yep. I'll make you uh, the offer or the check. Investigation. And you may use your D4. And as you're making that roll, I'm going to RP James a little bit to give you some uh, critical information here. Oh, my... I, I'm not sure she always uh, kept it on her. It, the issue we've been having is uh, all, all of our connection with uh, Frostheart has been severed. We've been trying our best to make uh, calls, but no one picks up. I'm not sure if there's some sort of blockage uh, or if someone's uh, tampered with our equipment. But yeah, that's uh, what he's um, mentioning, is uh, some sort of uh, interference. But again, uh, the directions of that interference is night and day. Like, he's suggesting it to the north, and you know your mother's to the south. So that seems outside of uh, uh, outside of your uh, issues at the moment. Um, There we go. I, I believe that's high enough. With the information that you're given on hand... And just to uh, clarify, do you, uh, when you're receiving uh, sending, do you need to make uh, any somatic uh, uh, response back? Or is it just a free action after someone uh, casts it to uh, respond back, just for my clarity? It's like, uh, I, be I believe it's not explicitly said, like, uh, how it functions, but, you know, because, like, like, some people like to do, like, either or, where it's just like they say it out loud, but otherwise, like, uh, more of a... Uh, you people usually assume more of a mental thing. Yeah. So with your uh, method, we're going to say uh, if there is a somatic opponent for a recipient send, that's not necessary for this case. Like it, it'll never be necessary just to make that very clear. Um, but towards your investigation, uh, if there's no interference to the south, you have no issues uh, uh, talking to her through a ward, then she might not have been able to reach for the phone. Uh, oh, okay, so like more like of a situation of like she's more bound to the chair, <laughs> and uh, if if that is uh, your interpretation, of what I said, then yes. Again, I, I gotta walk on eggshells uh, with this particular uh, situation. So whatever I tell you, y yes. Actually, it's like so. Wait, you said that her shell phone's been acting weird for a while. When did it start? Well, uh, when we were trying to do the investigation for uh, the uh, exports and imports, we were having trouble with the frost heart. We uh, were sending their shipments, sending, uh, receiving them, and we were doing a preliminary investigation ourselves, uh, making phone calls with uh, ambassadors to uh, uh, middlemen, and then your mother just 
told me out of the blue, where within a week's time ago, that there was no response. She hasn't been able to get a response through her shell phone to the north, and we tried making communications and that as well. We've had to go to the archaic fashion of sending a message with paper, no less. <laughs> Absurd. And did you and did you get any of those back? Yes, it just took longer. They said they were going to send up Penelope, and you've seen what happened there. Hey, was Mom going to go on that trip, too? Uh, the trip? You, you mean the investigation? She, well, hmm, puckers his lips a little bit. I mentioned that to her. She wasn't planned to go on it, but she was very inquisitive and insisted and insistive about the matter. Is she planning to go on that trip? And he looks away. It's like, Pops, do you think that somehow Mom got involved in what's happening up north? Out of Boulder Dash, there's no secrets between us. Unless she thought that it wouldn't be good for your health. There, there's no worries about my health, and he's holding his hand over his heart. <laughs> And you feel like you're pretty on the nose with that. <laughs> Pops, if mom wanted to keep any secrets from you, it's because she thought that it would be the best way to keep you safe. Just persuasion. <laughs> There's no contest. I have a set DC in mind. 17. All right. 17. God damn. Rolled a five. All right. Five and a four, making it a, a 17 with all the bonuses. Um... He's uh, looking away. Mm. Doesn't respond, but it feels like uh, he, he's inclined to believe what you said. It's just he, his pride won't allow him to talk about it. Because, uh, Pops, I mean, I guess I can try talking to her again the other way, but it's possible that she might have gotten in contact with somebody or they got in contact with her. And in order to keep you safe... She kept quiet about it. She pouts his cheeks. Go on. It's like, in fact, she maybe thought something bad would happen if you did get involved. Maybe she was threatened. Yeah, it doesn't meet your gaze. Pouts a bit. And if someone so much as dare says anything bad to your mother, nevertheless blackmail or a threat. my word. And he's just gripping that like at the desk a little bit. Have the damn heads. <laughs> but... Have we made any connections in that area? Okay. Um, uh, specifically, are you talking towards uh, the sea elves or uh, like uh, towards the south where your uh, mother's being held? Like uh, be a little specific on uh, where. Sea elves. Okay, sea elves. Um, yeah, and you, you guys can uh, constantly feel this connection, correct? Like uh, you, 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 you uh, if you actively like go through the nexus and feel those connections, you, you can feel them, correct? It's like, yeah, they should at least be feel present. <laughs> yeah, I think it might take a moment because I, I, I want to imagine it takes like a little bit of active effort to like go. Through yeah, no, it's just like so, yeah. with the, like as those grow, it's just like, it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, literally finding a, a needle in a haystack and that haystack keeps getting bigger. <laughs> He's going through his uh, index like a connection and a connection was uh, Penelope, the ambassador. And then and then and he just hesitates for a moment huh that's odd hmm. and uh 
Well, before I go through, I, I need to specify what these connections. Do you believe that, like, uh, looking at these connections, you get you can get a feel for the identity of the person, like details about the person from the connection? Um, I feel that would be a case of depending on how much contact they've had. You know, like literally, like literally, a connection is stronger. Like the, uh, you know, like the the more that you nurture it. Okay. Uh. That's odd. Mm. Feel very strong connection on this island. I wasn't aware of this. I need to. And you see him patting his forehead. I need to. I need to speak with the family. I need to hammer this out. I, who the fuck is that? And he's going through the connection. And if you actively do it yourself, you can feel a human on uh, this uh, island. And. Even so much as the location as uh, a man like sitting in an alleyway drinking a uh, bottle of uh, ale, maybe a couple empty bottles of rum that's uh, wearing a uh, um, I'm going to just uh, resort to vest. Vest sounds appropriate. Uh, the man's wearing a very uh, nice vest and a, uh, a captain's hat with a scar right across his throat and a uh, ponytail. I don't call that connection. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, Edward. Just keep keep yourself occupied. I, I need to talk to the family. And it seems like he is getting up and going towards the door. Is there anything else left to be said before he actively leaves and does his own business? It's, uh, hey, Pops. Uh, yes, my boy. It's like, uh, like you know, like a, kind of like a drawing on like the same feeling. Do you know this guy? I I know him in passing. I know his reputation. I just don't remember making a connection with them. And no one's told me about this from our household. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Uh, well, Pops, if it wasn't me and it wasn't you, <laughs> and if maybe the family didn't, who does that leave? Blinks a couple times. And I, I feel like his breathing's getting a little bit more heavy as he's, like, going towards his heart. What are you getting at, Edward? And you see him just grabbing his heart. Well, we don't know the reason why, but if Mom's always been by herself while you've been off doing business, she might have met with this man at some point. <sighs> and his eyes are narrowed. They're always squinting, but I feel like... Uh, where we're going to end this session on him just uh, muttering a name underneath his breath with a lot of venom and a lot of disdain. Mm, Captain Valentine. And uh, we're going to end the session there. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been House Common Blood. The intro and outro music is Oh My Dog by Savage. And any other music and sound effects used in the episode are royalty-free. Credits can be found in the episode description. Please review us on whatever podcast listening app you happen to be using. And if you like us, tell other people. Word of mouth is the best way for us to grow. Thank you for joining us. Stay connected.